welcome to the NFT Jungle. I am Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl, and in today's episode, we are going to be highlighting a Twitter space from April 13th, 2022. In this conversation, Nifty Meta Girl is hosting Alpha Trilogy and NFT photographer Rizajan Kumis to chat and have a beer. In this discussion, we are talking with Rizajan about navigating the NFT space, how he has found success in the NFT space, why he collects, and what he looks for when collecting. As a front runner in the NFT photography space, Rizajan has a passion for this artistic revolution and has a lot of really helpful information to consider for your journey in the NFT photography space. So we surely hope that you enjoy this conversation and find the information helpful. Hey, everybody. Good to see you guys showing up. Get the room set up and get started. Hi, Rizikan. Nice to see ya. Yo, hello. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for doing this with us today. Uh, like it's my you know it's uh, really great to be here but i couldn't find beer uh, i'm drinking whiskey is it okay <laughs> <laughs> that'll do i guess <laughs> uh, and do you know okay. where do you know uh, where that suggestion came from the other day for the title uh yeah that's the title is perfect <laughs> title is perfect drinking beer with Kumar, Rizakan, Kumash, and Alpha, because it's uh, you know, we, like we are chatting in the bar. Yeah, that's that's better, I guess. I noticed a tweet from you the other day, and it said, "Wouldn't it be great if we could do a space?" And I thought, "Well, this will be a great opportunity." <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Alpha. <laughs> hey, Rizakan, how's it going? Uh, drinking whiskey. Uh, talking <laughs> on the space yeah awesome how about so, you what time is it there uh it's 10 10 p.m oh that's perfect so it's 2 p.m here and um i'm drinking a beer and i actually need it i don't normally drink beer this early in the day but um literally up until like one minute before the space started i was in a um design meeting and it was not going well so I, am, I very much needed this beer. So uh, I'm excited that um, we made that part of the theme for today. Perfect. Yeah, let's drink a couple of things and chat about everything and trolling something, you know, <laughs> killing. <laughs> so um, do you, have you ever had moonshine? Do you know what moonshine is? No, no. What what the hell is that? <laughs> so moonshine is um, corn whiskey that's made in a still, and um, from like the entire area where we are from, that's kind of a thing. It was like a big deal in the prohibition when alcohol was illegal. People would make their own, and they would use a um, still to do that. And I don't know, I don't really even understand the process exactly, but it's, it's pretty interesting. It's highly illegal. Um, but now people <laughs> have gotten permits to be able to make it and actually sell it. And so it's just a link. I need to drink. 
<laughs> send me a link. I need to drink. I need to buy uh, one bottle of that. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to send you some because, um, like, if, several years ago, this guy started a distillery close to us, and um, he makes like bourbon for competitions, and um, like he, it's like a big deal. He competes all over the world in these competitions with his bourbon, but it doesn't pay the bills. So he makes moonshine on the side and he sells moonshine. And um, several years ago, I got this idea for a, a brand. So I, I sent out to have it trademarked <clears throat> and it was a complicated process. And so I got the trademark and um, we just met with this guy yesterday. And so he's going to make the um, actual moonshine for my trademark. So <laughs> when I get it done, I'll try and send you a bottle. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Please, so please it's, send, it, me, send, send me the Genesis, Genesis ones. <laughs> will do. Um, in fact, um, Emma and I went to his place last night and tried it, like tried some different recipes for it, and it's pretty amazing. So I'll definitely send you some. But so it's kind of so what, what what those... the way, I... Re- I really don't know how we're going to do this space. I'm totally up to you, guys. Uh, <laughs> whatever you want, I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Yeah, I figured we could just talk. Um, I'm intrigued because, obviously, um, your path as an artist and as a photographer, you've been very successful in the NFT world. And so I think that that success definitely has some value um, or a lot of value to um you know anyone that's listening to hear your journey and and how um you've been successful at that and then how that's translated into your collecting because you're also you collect a lot of um work and so i'm really curious about that how you how you do your collecting and what's important to you as a collector so if you're okay with it i mean we can just talk about that and yeah, okay. Uh, okay, I'm starting from the beginning. Uh, I'm still uh, uh, don't know that I'm successful because I'm always saying to myself, I'm just warming up because I have a bigger plans. I have a really huge plans and I'm just trying to build those plans in the piece by piece and uh, step by steps. And every uh, drop, every photo I took, it's uh, another step of my mission. So uh, I just try to be myself. I just, I never lie to anyone. You know, if something, uh, you know, if something like that, I'm always telling. If uh, somebody asking about my projects or what's going on, you know, it's the how you took it. Yeah, you can you can see the behind the scenes or you can ask me or I can send you the location where it where it took because I don't like the hiding or I don't like to keep secret to myself. So uh, just focusing to my main subjects, you know, as I'm a visual storyteller, so I need to story. I need to be good at the storytelling. But if you want to be at good at the storytelling, you need to listen. You need to listen your story. You need to listen your subject. You need to listen, for example, uh, Lost Paradise. You need to listen to the people living in Urmia Lake or, uh, or I put a spell on you. You need to listen to the Togonese people or etc. But mostly people forgetting the listening because they are trying to 
tell story, but they never listen. So if you don't listen, how you can tell the story in the right way? That's the main problem in the photography. So if you saying to me, you are successful, I'm successful because of I'm listening. I'm listening to every human being in my subjects, in my photographs. Yeah, it's maybe it's sometimes just a minute or maybe 30 seconds or five minutes, or sometimes I'm talking hours and hours to uh, trying to understand those people, what they are thinking, what, what they are eating, where they are living, what their story, uh, what their education, etc. I think because of that, the, the people uh, start to collect my pieces. People start to understand the value of my works because I'm, I'm trusting my works, you know, but I can be better. I can be always better. And because of that, I'm always pushing my limits, pushing my boundaries. Every new collection, I'm trying to new things. For example, uh, in the early days of NFTs, uh, I minted a one-of-one book. In, those, in that time, no one, no, nobody minted a book. I minted physical book. NFT is a proof of ownership, you know? I, I gave the proof of ownership as an NFT. So you don't need to uh, save or, you know, put somewhere else the certificate. You, If you're holding an NFT, okay, you are the owner of the one of one printed book. And after that, I gave my commercial rights uh, in the uh, people of Banana Island. In that time, no one made it. No one gave the commercial rights. In, uh, I gave the people of Banana Island commercial rights. Then, and after that, uh, in, in the, for example, in my uh, panoramic portraits, no one took the panoramic photographs. I, I, I decided to took a, uh, I decided to put a collection as a uh, panoramic. Everybody saying no one can, no one will gonna buy it because everybody wanted a square or three, four, you know, four, three or three, two ratio. I said, no, that's the value of my collection. That's the panoramic. Those are the panoramics. That that ratio has a meaning for me. And after that, in the Lost Paradise, I gave the interview to people. No one, everybody said, who's going to buy the interview? I said, dude, that's a full, full of story. And if you want to understand the full of story, you need to listen to those people and people in that videos telling the Urmia Lake story. I'm always trying to push my boundaries. I'm always trying to new things. I think because of that, people start to listen to me. Man, that is amazing. There is so much. Uh, I'm going to just break this down real fast, what I just heard. So you're a visual storyteller, and obviously you're a master at that. Um, there's no question. But you attribute that to being a good listener. And I think that's gold right there. So just being able to listen to others, listen to the people that you're going to tell their story. You've got to know that story before you can tell it. And I love that. So that's just, that's incredible. I mean, I think that's a, a um, amazing advice.
And then you're always pushing your own boundaries. And that's one of the things that I really have grown to appreciate about you because I see that when you push boundaries like that, you become an innovator and a leader in the space. And you've done things that um, either I've noticed that you've done them first or um, you might be the only person that's done it, but it's been really successful. And I think that's amazing. I'm, I'm fascinated by the book and what you've done with that and giving um, right using the NFT as literally a title of ownership for that. I think that's incredible. Um, and I think that's a something that's probably going to be seen and done a lot more in the future. So um, I'd love to talk more about that a little bit and how you're doing that and where that idea came from, because it's amazing. Um, commercial rights to the people. I have a question about that real quick. Um, so did you give those rights to the, the subjects that, that you were actually photographing? Uh, in People of Banana Island series, I just gave the uh, commercial rights to collector in just in that uh, NFT. So I just gave to uh, the documentary videos commercial rights, not the photographs. But the, the for example, the Robek uh, collected that piece, and I I, I tell to him. Uh, if you want, I can send the all raw footages. You can build your documentary from the beginning. It's everything up to you. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And so definitely um, pushing, pushing boundaries. And I think there's a lot that's going to be able to be done with that type of um, thought process of being able to use rights in order to be able to really enhance the value of the collection and maybe in ways to where the, the use of those rights really builds upon the, the all-time value of the entire collection, which I think is really what you did by doing that. Um, and I think that's it's brilliant. Um, For example, yeah. I will give you one, uh, another example. Uh, in my next collection, I will uh, travel to whole cities in Turkey. Uh, Turkey has uh, 81 cities. And I will take 81 different photographs. In an, it's uh, one photograph from one city. I will take those shots with the Hasselblad X-Pen, you know, the, with the analog. And, and after that, I will send the collector the film, the original analog film to collector. And after that, I will say, totally up to you. If you want, you can destroy it. If you want, you can use it everywhere. Or you can just use the NFT. Or you can burn the NFT, just use the analog. Totally up to you. Yeah, that's insanely cool. Um, and that's the type of thing that also, it's going to drive demand. Um, collectors want to be a part of that. And even just giving the decision process and that, that's amazing. I mean, I think it's brilliant. And extremely um, innovative and it's the type of thing that's really going to propel this um, NFT space forward. So then you also talked about panoramic photography and it's interesting because not just panoramic, but just all different things I've noticed um, in my time in this space that there's like these thought processes that happen and it's all can't. So you can't do that. You can't sell that. Nobody's interested in that. Um, 
And I see that all the time. And once it takes hold or takes seed, it just becomes like kind of everywhere. And so people just believe it. And I love the fact that you push those boundaries and somebody telling you, oh, nobody wants that or you can't do that. Just really, it sounds like motivates you to go ahead and do it and prove that it can be done. And um, to me, that's insanely cool. And that's also the type of thing that's going to drive innovation for this entire space. Um, so for me, I just say bravo and kudos because that's, that's incredibly cool. And I think it's a great lesson for everyone listening. You don't let people tell you you can't do something or that somebody won't buy something. Because um, I think um, it's being proven every day that those things are wrong. And Rizikan's proven it. Um, panoramic, panoramic photography. Yeah, why would you not be able to sell? I mean, I don't even understand. I don't even understand where this stuff comes from. It's just funny. But once it takes hold, it just becomes a, a, a thing and people believe it. And so I'm glad that you, um, you just pushed past that. And so uh, you go in and you prove that it can be done. So that's one of the reasons I like you so much as a can. It's very cool. Thank you so much. I think because of the, the people the saying you cannot sell it, uh, because of the, the, you know, the TVs are, uh, 69 ratio or the, the, the monitors or the, you know, the phones ratio, it's not fitable, but I say to them, if you have a PFP, you can use my photos as your banner as a unique banner just you the owner <laughs> no one else <laughs> you can use it in everywhere in different situations yeah that's amazing i love that i love the idea of having um a photograph by you as a ban my banner that's totally that's super cool and so um yeah and that's just like looking at the needs within this in the space i mean Everybody needs banners. And so every collector needs a banner. Um, yeah, I think that's brilliant. And so um, it actually even makes other use cases for um, the art that you're putting out, which is crazy, crazy cool. Thank you so much, Alpha. Yeah, I'm trying to do something. So uh, other things, I forgot the next question. <laughs> um, so I'm curious um, about the book. So let's go back and talk about that. So I saw, I think, I saw, I think the book priced on the secondary at a hundred ETH. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Robert put as a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, what was your motivate? What made you think of doing a book and then the way you went about doing it? I mean, that thing's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Cool. It's a, it's an amazing idea. Uh, I made for my first book as three, two, one, the pranksy collected in, if I remember correctly, in June. Uh, I made a book like really big one, like New Testament, you know, <laughs> really, really big one, like the sixty centimeter to sixty centimeters square, and every paper of the book is a fine art print, like two hundred, three hundred years, nothing's gonna happen. And uh, inside the really cool boxes, and you need to use the gloves for the using the book because the quality is so high, and you don't want to mess up. It's it's a you know it's a it's a physical thing. Just you hold it in the world, and 
I would like to give the whole book, whole story as a physical to one of my collectors. You know, if you are appreciated to my work, you can collect the, my book and you can hold it in your hand and just you can see it. And the, the really good ownership for me, in my, in my humble opinion, because I, I would like to collect some books and I, I, I'm buying some books, you know, I'm buying some uh, NFTs, I'm buying some prints, editions in galleries and in, in blockchain, etc. But the book idea is you are owning the whole story in your hand, not in metaverse. Yeah, we are we, we are living in metaverse, but after we uh, closing the computer, we are walking it at home, you know, in the physical world. So you can hold your, the NFT in your metaverse, and you can show the people as a PFT, because I'm sending the PFT file as well, the collector, and you can show your book in the metaverse, and also you can show the book in physical way, in in your physical friends. And you are owning in physical and in metaverse. So perfect match. Because of that, I start to build my book, first book, and three, two, one. Three years, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three continents, uh, two years, one photographer means three, two, one. And then after that, I create the People of Banana Islands book as a whole story the, for the rollback. And we, we, we were talking with the rollback a lot about my works, my art. You know, uh, I was asking some questions and I, I tell to him, uh, I would like to make a book about uh, People of Banana Islands and I would like to sell with the uh, documentary movie and the, the who's going to collect that, that NFT will hold whole story in video, in book, in NFT, in everywhere. So I'm just trying to give much more things to my collector. So because of that, I uh, create the book. And also I'm, right now I'm creating another book, one of one book, The Lost Paradise and uh, I Put a Spell on You for two other different projects. So because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really happy someone collect me and appreciate my work because of art. Of course, we are investments. Of course, I'm investing artists. And of course, collectors investing me. But the appreciation of your art, it's something unique that every artist should felt this way. You know, it's a beautifully, beautiful feelings. And of course, earning money, that's completely perfect because we can buy whiskeys, beers, you know, <laughs> renting our, <laughs> we are paying our rents, etc. But if you are truly artist, if you are believing your art, if some collector appreciate your art, that is something else. And uh, my book, in my books, when my books collecting, I felt that emotion, it's like a hundred times, a thousand times. Yeah, I, I love the book because, so for me, the physical art, there's like a definite limit to how much of that um, I can collect. There's only so much wall space. Um, 
that you can put put it on. And, and then when you even talk about in the NFT world and you're looking at a collection basis, I can only collect, you know, so many pieces from a collection before it doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, and it's not really fair to it's not really fair to the artists or other collectors if you just are hoarding all the pieces out of a collection, no matter how much you like that collection. So the book, having a way to be able to have a part of that entire collection and the entire story. Um, I mean, I think it's just a brilliant idea. I love it. And there's a, it's a lot easier to um, have a book with, all of that beautiful work and that story um, sitting on your coffee table or your desk versus maybe all the rooms it would take to be able to put that same on the walls. And so I love it. I think it's a brilliant um, thing um, and uh, I admire you for doing it. And um, my guess is that there'll be more artists that will start looking at that. And um, the funny thing to me is that that only works if you actually are telling a story and your collection is completely cohesive in telling that story. And that's one of the things that, you know, you're a master at. You actually tell the entire story via that collection. And when I look at one of your collections, I'm not seeing pieces that don't make any sense or don't fit. They're all part of that storyline and so when you go to actually making a book from the story you've got to have that you can't have these outlier pieces that don't make sense or don't fit the story because you're going to tell that story with that book and so it's another thing i mean i think an artist a photographer that's putting together a collection even if they didn't make the book if they started and they planned for the book and as they were curating their collection and they were creating that collection, if they could actually, if they could outline that out to where it could be a book, um, it'd probably be a huge plus for them um, just in the success of their collection. Yeah, when, uh, when I'm trying to sell my collections, I'm always telling to my collectors or the people, I'm saying just exact same words. You will become a part of the story. Yes, you will collect an NFT. Yes, you will collect an art. Correct. But also, when you own a piece from a collection, in my collections, in my stories, actually, you will become a part of the story. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's amazing. And so, yeah, that's that's incredible. That's, a, that's part of the passion um, behind being an artist and being a collector. And I think it's part of that shared passion that artists and collectors have together because being part of that story, connecting with the story, connecting with that artist and then wanting to be part of that. I mean, that's a powerful thing. And um, in my eyes, that's what actually, that's where the real value comes from. So um, yeah, that's awesome. So you talked about videos and it's one of the things that I really, really admire about you too, because you're, um, you have created some of the most incredible, um, basically trailers for your collections that I have seen in this space. And so what's your, um, what's your secret behind that? And how did you get to be so good at creating these videos? 
Uh, actually, it's not a rocket science. It's so easy. Uh, after I earned uh, money from the, my panoramic portraits, uh, I, I decided to hire an assistant. And that assistant uh, just has uh, one job, shooting videos in every part of the field, of me, of the people. And I'm telling you, if I'm drinking tea with the people, you need to take a video. If I'm talking with the people, you need to take a video. I don't, I don't want to disturb myself. Just took the video in every moment. And, and after that, I'm coming back to house, house. And I'm opening the, those footages. And I'm choosing, okay, that one is nice. Okay, that one is telling the story. Okay, that one is showing uh, what I'm doing. Okay, that one is the, okay, uh, the, for example, one of the photos behind the scenes. We need to put that, put that, put that. And editing, then choosing one, uh, one music, then good to go. It's not a rocket science. Just uh, uh, because if you want to do something professional, you cannot be just yourself. Because you cannot do photograph. You cannot research by yourself. You cannot do uh, behind the scenes. You cannot do editing. You cannot do marketing altogether. In 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 some part of you are you will be destroyed. <laughs> you will be destroy yourself. And because of that, I'm hiring an assistant, and my assistant has a just one job: tweaking my videos on the field. Nothing more. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. So basically, you're, you just said that you know your own limits and that everyone should know their limits. And so if you tried to do that, it may be physically impossible for one thing. And then also, um, it's just, it's not what you're, it's probably not the best use of what your time and what you're doing. So that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, so literally, literally, it's just a matter of knowing what your limits are and then, you know, utilizing other people that may be able to help you. Um, I, I'm curious. So when you go out and um, you go out and you're going to, you go to some pretty um, interesting places. It looks like sometimes, sometimes some, some fairly um, risky places. Um, how does that work for you? Like, is it just you and the assistant that are going? Do you have other people that go with you? Do you have sometimes protection with you? Or how, how does that all work? Uh, well, uh, first thing first, I start to research the areas, research the you know the country or the situation in the in the story, the topic of my story, and mostly I'm finding uh, finding a person living in there and talking, for example, for Iran, uh, talking Persian, uh, for example, Togo, talking Togonese or the French. And I'm starting to ask questions to them. Is that safe? Is that is uh, anything will go on? Or what should I do? Any advice for me? And I'm collecting advice from them. That, and after that, I start to prepare myself for those countries. And when I go there, the, the guy uh, from there, Fixer, uh, in entire uh, project will walk with us, travel with us, uh, uh, translating with us, you know, everything doing with us because 
uh, I know my limits and everybody should know their limits. And if you pass your limits, you will be mental breakdown in the field. And if you have a mental breakdown in the field, you cannot do your art. You need to just focus your art. You need to just focus your photograph. You need to just focus the telling the stories. You don't. You 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 doesn't need to. You don't need to focus on other things. For example, where should where should we buy a water or uh, where should we go? Something like that. You need you need to focus just the story. If you focusing just your story, your story will become a good. Yeah, that that absolutely makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, perfect sense. So on the story, do you know the story that you want to tell before you go? Or do you figure out the story while you're there? And so I'm just curious about that process. Or does the do you have an idea what you want the story to be and then you let it evolve? Like, what's that process? Uh, I have a lot of idea for my stories before I go there. Because first I'm researching the area, first researching, uh, reading some books, reading some articles about the topic of my, you know, my story. Uh, for example, Iran or, you know, the Togo or right now in the Turkey, some part of the Turkey, because I, I really doesn't know that don't know the, some part of Turkey, the cultural things, because even in, in my country, in, in every city has a different culture. So I need to research for them and i'm starting to prepare but of course the there always be an element of surprise in the field and and after that if i see something uh, different from my researchers uh, i'm starting to evolve the real story i'm starting to uh, trying to merge with my story uh, sometimes I'm making it. Sometimes I I cannot make it because uh, mostly I'm not there from culture and the culture thing. So the culture is so unique for just the specific area, and you can miss a lot of things. But I'm trying to first. I say I'm trying to listen. You know, to listen the people in the specific areas. And and after that, I'm merging with my researching and the their story, my research merging. I'm walking in that path. Then voila, the story has arrived. Yeah, that that's awesome. So, um, when you buy other work, because you talked about that, how that's like this incredible feeling, just knowing that someone appreciates your art um and i see you buying art all the time and so you're very very supportive of other artists um what do you base that on like when you're when you're making decisions on what art you collect what what's your focus and do you have like a long-term plan for that um just how does that part the collecting side of you work uh, I'm started collecting because of the empathy, because my story started with the one collector bid my work, and I I I'm, I always remember that feel, because I was so joyful, I was so happy, you know, I felt incredible, and the people some some people some some person I I really don't know. And beat my work because he or she loved my work. And it's like a, you know, 
the uh, the first bullets. And, and after that, I decided to, okay, I earned a lot of money for me. And I said, okay, I need to put the first bullets for other artists. Because if, uh, the, for example, Mondo doesn't give the bid to me, maybe I couldn't, I cannot sell any pieces. You, you never know. Everything started with that. It's like a snowball effect, you know? And you put a snowball in the top of the mountain. When the snowball come to the bottom, the crushing the whole village, just a little snowball. And because of that, I'm uh, I started to buy from the other artists. And but I'm looking from one art uh, from the artist. First thing first, the personality, because the artist will, should connect with. The personality with the art personality to be match, in my opinion, because otherwise that will be a lie. For example, think uh, we should thinking like that. Uh, if you're a documentary photographer, and if you're trying to tell the stories from the bad situations and bad countries, or you know, the for example refugees, etc., and you start to earn from there. And if you doesn't give any hand to those people, or if you doesn't help, uh, if you don't help in, in any way to those people, you are a fucking liar. So why should I buy a piece from a fucking liar? That's my <laughs> main subject. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's 100% true. Um Wow. And mostly, and and also mostly looking for the, uh, uh, not the hype artists for, for example, starting to new NFTs or cannot sell any works. Of course, work should be good in my uh, aesthetic way, you know, in my aesthetic uh, thinking, because oh, I'm an artist, so I would like to collect beautiful pieces. <laughs> not, not the shitty ones <laughs> and and after that I started to collect piece by piece and for example after panoramic portraits starting to sell when, uh, I think 10 minutes later I started to collect I earned money and 10 minutes later I started to collect because th that collection changed my whole life and Maybe with my, uh, with I collect, I can change some other artist's life. Who knows? No one knows. You never know. And for example, point, point 15, point 20, point 30, point 50, and um, until one Ethereum. You cannot lose anything if you, for example, earning like 60 or 70 Ethereum. Just go fucking collect. And I started like that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's incredible when I. It's incredible to think about because you you said something that's pretty amazing, that like you know what it feels like to get that first sale, and to know someone you know believes in you, and they love your art enough to pay for it, and um, that special feeling that it gave you. And you want other people to be able to have that and to be able to feel that 
vote of confidence in them that's really going to motivate them to go out and, and do more and to, to be their absolute best. And it's just amazing to me because I think it's easy to forget, um, probably especially if you're coming into a space and you're new, you maybe haven't sold anything or you haven't sold very much yet, that everyone starts at that same place. And um, like even the people that are the absolute most successful people, successful artists in this space, they all started in that same place. And it's really, I think it's a powerful thing, just to a reminder for people to be able to hear that and to hear you say that because everyone starts at that same spot. And then um, it's, it's interesting because I think you collect on the same basis that I do. I mean, first off, I'm looking for work that's really good. Um, I too don't really want to have, um, I don't want to collect shitty art, but that personality is very important to me. And just that connection with who the artist is and um, what the artist is doing is really important. And one of the ways I can see a lot about an artist is what they're doing, who they're supporting and, and how they're supporting them. And so I think um, we're very much uh, on the same page there. And I think it goes a step further because when I know somebody and when I start talking to collectors and like, how do you collect and what do you base this on? And when a collector says, whether they're an artist, um, an artist collector or just a collector, well, it's really important to me who the artist is. It's important to me that the artist is um, doing, you know, if they're a documentary photographer and they're out and they're giving back to those communities and those people and they're supporting and helping them. And that's something that I base my collecting upon. Well, that gives me um, basically the information I need to know that when I see that person collecting something, I kind of already have an indication that the, the artist that they're buying from collecting from is somebody that I'm also going to connect with. And there's a huge amount of power in that. And that's one of the reasons that community is so freaking important. It's because I can see you Rizikan, I can see something you buy and I already know that that person, that artist that you're buying from is somebody I'm going to connect with. And I'm also going to feel good about as a, as a person. And so it's just super important, I think, for everyone to remember that and to remember how powerful that is. And also to realize how important it is to be a good person and to be a supportive person, because I think that those are the people that ultimately are going to make it in this space um, in the long term. It's the people that you want to be connected with and that you want to um, support and you want to be you want to have that connection with them, be part of that story. And so, man, I'm, I'm just super excited to hear you say that. It, it means a lot to me. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, by the way, I'm not talking about the buying from your friend, you know, <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm seeing some artists doing the commercial tweets about that. And I'm so fucking pissed off because I know you, you guys are friends and, the, the the pronouncing like uh, I'm supporting the community. No, you are not. You are just buying you from your friend. Just collect from. You never know. Just collect from. You know you met in the metaverse, or etc. 
Yeah, and that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I mean because um, collectors, as a collector, I figure that out. I might get like, I might get fooled one time or two times, but pretty quick, I can figure that. I see, hey, that person, they're just buying from their friend, and their friend's buying back from them. Um, that has a little less meaning. Um, it doesn't tell me if it's a person. It doesn't tell me anything about the person. Um, when I see somebody like yourself that's finding really cool art and you're buying from people that sometimes you don't know or don't know very well, um, then I know I, I basically, I can trust what you're doing and I can, and not just you, but anyone in that situation. Um, I have a greater deal of uh, degree of trust for them. I like, I literally trust what they're doing um, in by their actions. It's just an interesting thing. And it, I know that that's not some weird exclusive thing to me because I talk to collectors about this all the time and collectors, they want to know the motivation for other people collecting. And the reason they're really looking for that motivation is because they know whether they can trust what you're doing um, for what they may do. Um, it's really important. Um, it's a, it's a basically a validation and so it's just, it's an interesting thing. And it's something that's, I think, fairly unique to um, this web three world that we're in, because you can't find these things as easy or see this as much in web two and definitely not in the physical world, because, you know, you, you just, you don't know. Uh, for example, I think uh, four or five days ago, I'm I'm so pissed off the shield spaces. I'm I'm really tired about the shield spaces. And I decided to open a space in Turkish, and I said, "Okay, chill." And other artists, you not connected with, and you just loving their art. And I would like to know your uh, artistic way. And people shill a lot of new artists. I never saw them, and I collected three pieces in in the in that space, and I I feel incredible because do you know the Twitter engagements? Always you are seeing the same persons. Always you are seeing the same guys because of the Twitter engagements. But in 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 that space, I asked the other artists to if you love the artwork from another artist, please shill it. But it should be not your friend and not your uh, inside your close circle. It should be just art. I would like to just see an art. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And um, I think it's what it should be. And then when that's done and someone is actually sharing something from an artist because they love that art not because they're close personal friends but because they just love that art it comes off as genuine and um i think you can read it you can get a feel for it um just have an instinct about the genuineness of what that of what's being said and shared and a lot of that just comes down to passion because if you're talking about something that you really truly love that passion comes it just comes out um, you can't hardly, you can't hardly keep it in. And like, it's funny because I talk to you and that passion just oozes from you. <laughs> like I can just tell you don't have to, um, you don't have to wonder about it. I mean, you make it crystal clear. Um, just the way you communicate 
what you're passionate about and it just comes out. And so I think that's, that's crazy cool and crazy um, important in the space. And it's, it's really cool to see somebody that can be passionate about what somebody else is doing. Um, that's kind of special. And so as a collector myself, it, it speaks volumes to me um, about both of those people in that scenario. Yeah. So I'm thinking with the same like you, because, and I feel incredibly lucky because I can look in, in an artist's way, an artist's perspective. Right now, I can look in also the collector's perspective. I can look in two perspectives right now. And it will be a, it, it be a really good merge for me because I start to understand the collectors, just the collecting pieces. And because of I'm an artist, so I'm starting, I, I know the what the artist is thinking. So, and after that, I started to, I don't know the right words will be that, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> uh, I started to educate to my inner circle, friends, and I'm starting to talking with them. And I started the artist who I collected and I'm, I'm starting to give an advice and telling, just be relaxed. Dudes, yeah, we are just starting and we are just warming up. The, the NFT will goes up, will goes down. We saw a couple of times. Just don't be a panic. If you are believing your art, your art will gonna sell. For example, I minted my two light pieces like five months ago to uh, the super rare, but just yesterday sold. Yeah, because I love, I, I believe that piece and I never burned it. And I said, that will be holding there because the, the probably to who the, the guy or girl will fall in love with that piece doesn't see yet, but it will see, he will see, they will see because I love my art. Yeah. So congratulations on that, by the way, that's a, um, that is a beautiful piece. And I remember, I don't know, it's probably been, months ago you told me that was one of your favorite pieces and it's just it's wild because i think that's another lesson for for people in general is just in being patient i mean the piece is amazing it's a beautiful piece um and it took a while but it sold it found the right eyes and the right buyer and um yeah you had that patience you knew you had the confidence in what you had um, created and it found the right home. And so I think that's, um, it's a great lesson for everyone because it's really, I mean, I see people, they put up something and a week later it hadn't sold and they're like redoing it, taking it down, minting it somewhere else. Um, they just don't have that, that level of patience. And so I think that's another, a great lesson, um, for, for all people, not just artists, but even collectors. I'm, um, I'm always I'm always giving the same example to every artist and I'm always reminding to myself as well. When you open an exhibition in the physical world, you cannot sell every pieces. Maybe you will sell 20% or maybe you will sell 60, 70, maybe you will be sold out. But not every time. Just be the calm down. <laughs> be the chill fucking down. <laughs> you don't need to be a rush. We are here for the long term, not the short term. Yeah, that completely, totally makes sense. So I have another question for you because I get this a lot from um, I get this a lot from 
from artists and specifically photographers that asked me my opinion on this. And I'm always given an opinion, but I'd love to hear um, your take on this because you've actually done it in real world and you've experienced it. You've been extremely successful at it, but they always ask me where they should mint, um, where they should start first collection, what they should do with it, where they should put it. And I mean, obviously you've like went through this whole stages uh, in what you've done. And I mean, your last collection, you minted the entire collection on super rare, which is pretty badass. That's really cool. Um, Cause you don't see a lot of that being done and that's just, that's awesome, but you can't start there. And so you have to start and, and you've already said that, you know, you've, you've had a plan and um, you've obviously, it sounds like you plan everything and you execute those plans very well. So where would you suggest for new photographers that are entering the space, um, hopefully not new photographers, but new at the NFT space, what would you suggest um, they do as far as where they start and where they well, go? Uh, well, everybody has a different path. Um, I'm, I'm so believing that because uh, probably my advice will be going to wrong because that's, that's a way uh, match with my personality with my art but maybe uh, it cannot be matched with their art or their personality but I started with the foundation so the colla- uh, minting with the, my one of ones uh, I put my first collection after like five or six months later before that I just put my uh, trusted works, you know, the one of ones. I put it just one by one, one by one. One is sold, and after that, I waited two days, three days, four days. That depends of my totally up to my psychology, but <laughs> uh, I put in another work, and then I put it in another work. And then after that, I just think to myself, okay, I'm gonna make a collection, but I will make my collection with my own uh smart contract it was my uh, way uh, i decided like that because i decided to give first people because we are in the web tree and uh, i decided to give people not the open c shared front contract i decided to give people the panoramic portraits token the special token to the collectors because that will be a 50 of them nothing more nothing less and I started the mint and first I started to be with the foundation and after that I started to make a charity sale on the maker's place and then after that I build my smart contract on the open sea then I joined the super rare in the early I think September then I started to mint uh, on super rare uh, I started to mint the Lost Paradise as a smart contract again to OpenSea. Then I started to make a bold move and everybody said, you are fucking crazy. I said, no, you never know. You never know. You No one, no one did it. No one tried it. And I put a 35 pieces in the same time to the Super Rare. And uh, that was the first one. And I think no one made it before me. And uh, I think I'm, I'm the only documentary photographer in the Super Rare, I, I, I think. And no one tried to sell documentary in the Super Rare as well. So that's my that was my way. 
But for example, if you are a fashion photographer, just uh, the research to market, the other, the, uh, the big uh, fashion photographers, where are they going to sell? Where are selling? And who the, the collector, the collector community of the fashion photography, where are they going to buy it? Because, for example, someone someone doesn't like foundation. Someone just buy them from foundation. Someone just buy them from the super rare. Just someone just buy them from the open sea, etc., etc. You need to research your market first. You need to research. You need to look the people what they want, what they looking, or you can make a bold move and try to change whole way, whole the game, like me. I started to, I made a whole bold move on the super rare and uh, tried to change and, and mostly it changed. So <laughs> the, if, you, if you can try to understand markets and try to uh, adapt the market, maybe it's uh, another way. Or if you, uh, will you understand the market, you're going to understand the market and try to change the market. That's totally up to artists dude i i love that so yeah when you did that on super rare and you put that whole set i was like what the f what is going on that's crazy but it was amazing because yeah no one i had never seen anyone do that before and i think um what you did was amazing because again you push these boundaries that are self-imposed boundaries you know because up until that point when you put a full collection on super rare um, people just didn't do that. And I think people thought you couldn't do that. And, um, yeah, watching that happen and watching what you did with it was freaking amazing. And so again, it's one of the reasons I respect you so much. And, um, I like you because you push those boundaries and you're not afraid of them at all. And, um, you're somebody that's not going to let somebody else tell you what can and can't be done because you're going to just go out and make it happen. And so, People like you, you're pioneering the space. And so you're really, you're creating the future. And so, um, man, mad respect for it. And uh, I love it. Um, super, super cool. Thank you. And also, I'm a bit kind of person. If someone tells me, you shouldn't do that. It will not going to sell. You cannot do that. I'm telling in my side. I'm saying, I will going to fucking do that. Just because of you. <laughs> if you're saying you cannot do that i will try to my best in everything i will do in every way and i will try to make it out because you don't know me you cannot decide for me that that's my personality that's my way just to stay the cold fucking down i'm never gonna say somebody's you cannot sell like that i'm always saying the market not wanted like that but you can change it but i never said you cannot sell it <laughs> yeah dude i love it because um in my life that's the same thing i mean the things i've been the most successful at are the things that the most people told me wouldn't work or that i couldn't do um, because there's nothing more motivating to me than being told i can't do something uh, so I just love it. I, I, I love what you do and how you're literally pioneering the space. Um, yeah, just not being um, told what the boundaries are. And it's funny because we're in a brand new world and it still seems like a lot of people are stuck in a box and um, they're working from within a 
box and the box is pretty much self-imposed. Um, doesn't even make sense. So I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that you can see outside that box and you're just, you're making the world that you want to be in. So it's really cool. Um, one of the things you said there, I just want to say one more thing about this. Uh, if you have a time, uh, we are building the new world. We are building the new way and we are building all together and we need to hold each other. We need to support each other, but in a, you know, genuine way, not the, not a lie not with the lies if for example not like this uh idea if i retweet him or her she or he will gonna retweet me and i can sell my piece no 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 that's the wrong wrong that's the wrong moral you need to yeah we need to do like the true moral you know we, we because we are creating a new world and we are fucking the whole those vampire galleries that like 60% commissions, 70% commissions, 50% commissions, and the managers, you know, the they doing nothing except knowing someone. And uh, with, with, with that way, the artists start to earn. The collectors start to know the artists, not just the piece. The collectors start to know the artists. Artists start to know the collectors. We are creating an incredibly beautifully like an utopia world yes we have uh, some bad things but if we walk with the right moral we are fucking gonna change the world altogether dude 100% agreed 100% and it's funny you brought up like those the traditional physical art world and the markets and how it works because I can see from an artist standpoint where you've got somebody you're relying on someone else to tell your story and they're going to tell the story however they want it, um, however they want to tell it for one thing. And they're going to take most of your money in the process. And that's just bullshit. And as a collector, I've always hated that um, entire scene because I don't want somebody telling me who I'm supposed to like or what's good or not good. I hate it. I hate walking into a gallery and having somebody tell me, oh, this is what you should have. Oh, and that's because so-and-so else has it. And because whatever, you know, it, I just hate it. And so it's one of the reasons I love Web3. I love what we're doing here because no one can tell me what I'm passionate about. And I'm not going to let someone tell me that. And as an artist, you don't have to let someone um, tell you whether you're good enough, worthy enough, or how much of your money they're going to take. And um, I think that's one of the beauties of the space. And I think it's really important that artists stay committed to that and um, don't let people come in and start taking it from you. And don't let people come in and start telling everyone else um, who's good and who's worthy and what they should buy or not. Um, because we don't need it. Um, and you don't need it as an artist. And I, I, dude, I love the message and I love what you just said. And you also said something before all that about something that we also can't forget. Cause there's a lot of like, there's a lot of business and real world elements. You've got to mix into this because when you come into web three as an artist, um, you're taking responsibility for a lot of the business side of what you're doing 
in the marketing side and promoting yourself and building out your brand as an artist. And you said something so important and that you got to research, you know, in the, in the physical real world, when you have a business um, for your business to be successful, you have to know who your customer is and you got to know where that customer is and how to find them. And um, what you said when you were talking about choosing your platform and choosing where you meant um, really identifying who the collector who your collector is, who you want to target, and then focus on, you know, going out and, and finding and getting to those people. I mean, that's a brilliant, that's how, that's how business works. And that's how you succeed in business. And it's something that's really, really important in the space. And I, I love that you just said that's something that you do. And it's one of the reasons why you've been so successful in the space. Um, yeah, it's badass, and I'm I'm glad you said it to everyone. Ah, thank you so much, Alpha. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm I'm really I'm I'm right now blood. <laughs> I blood right now. I, I think because of the whiskey, but I'm still thinking for your words. <laughs> yeah, the whiskey always helps. I um I drank my beer, and then um I stole Emma's, and I'm drinking hers too. So. I, I didn't bring enough uh, to last her the whole space. Uh, by the way, uh, I need to mention, I saw one guy from the listeners. That's the, he has, uh, I think, some good uh, works. I just bought one piece from him. <laughs> I couldn't hold myself. <laughs> awesome. We're always looking for that. So, um, yeah, anybody you want to point out, go for it. Because, uh, yeah, that's great. So, any, any other questions for me or for my idea, for my, you know, anything? You can ask anything. What I like in beer or something like that. <laughs> Everything, literally everything you can ask. <laughs> well, I, I have a couple more questions, actually. Very um, focused in the space about um, the future of the space and what you're seeing. Um but first off, I'd love to ask, is there anything that you see that is kind of a, um, like a common mistake that people make when they first come into the space or that you see consistently being done um, that maybe when people are here for a while, they realize or understand that they shouldn't do that and that if they just knew earlier, they could maybe save some heartache or pain? Um, do you see anything like that going on that's just kind of consistent and that, I mean, you've already said one of the things is that people like pretty much sometimes box themselves in and they don't push those boundaries. But do you see other things that might be happening that if an artist knew that they could maybe improve what they're doing and and maybe um, avoid some heartache? Uh, may I say a bit harsh words? Really, that's actually the, Absolutely. the bad word. Uh, artists shouldn't be act like a beggar. Thank you. Thanks for artists, thanks for saying that. Yeah, artists should know his work, trust his work, and uh, respect his work. If you try to be like a beggar in your works no one gonna be respect just everybody needs to be calmed down everybody in a rush everybody trying to sell a lot of things in the same time 
selling, trying to sell. Okay, buy my piece. Why should you are not buying my piece? Okay, this guy buying my piece. Why you are not buying my piece? Who the fuck are you? Just be calm down. First, I, I started to learn from you. Who the fuck are you? You know, don't be act like a beggar. You are a fucking artist. Be like an artist. <laughs> Dude, I... I love talking to you. <laughs> I love uh, I love that you keep it real and you just put it out there. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things like not having if you're begging and you're doing this and there's like a desperation, you know, passion and desperation are they don't really go together. And so um, when somebody comes off and they just have this crazy desperation, man, it's it's almost impossible to connect with them in some way. Um, you might have some sympathy for them, but you're not really connecting with them. And it's hard to even connect with their art, no matter how good it is. So I, I love that advice. It's just, yeah, be passionate about what you're doing and, and confident in yourself and confident in your art. Um, it's so freaking important. Um, yeah, that's great advice. Um, I'm super glad that you, uh, you said that. Yeah, for example, yeah, I, I came from the really bad uh, situations, but I, I started to tell people after I earned money, you know, and, and I, I started to tell my story after people try to recognize me, try to understand me when the people asking me who the fuck your story and I started to tell. And after that, I started to tell. But before that, I never said, okay, I need the money, I need the money, I need the money. Yeah, everybody needs the money. I, I cannot, I, I never uh, earned money in three years. Three years without the f five bucks, you know, the, the five dollar. But, you know, but I'm always respect to my work. I said, I cannot be a beggar. I'm an artist. If you need the money, if I need the money, I will go to fucking McDonald's and working. But I need to respect my art. If I want people respect my art, first I need to respect my art. If I cannot respect, who's gonna respect my art? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's it's pretty interesting because um, in the business world. When you start a business, a lot of times, um, if you're especially if you're starting it yourself, small business, you pretty much sacrifice everything. And when you first start, you don't know, um, you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. You don't know what's going to happen that month, and um, it's just part of it's part of the process. It's part of life. It's part of growing. And I think that's part of what makes you so successful down the road is your ability to navigate that and to be able to learn through that process and to grow through it. And so um, for myself, you know, in the early days when I was starting um, businesses and we do it on a shoestring and like literally you don't have money to go out to eat. You barely have money to pay your rent and you're putting every dime you make back into your business. And um, I remember those days and I think those days are what make you who you become and um, they contribute to your success. And so I know it's hard because money is obviously so important um, in everything, 
But if you can embrace that and you can literally learn, just embrace the fact that you can learn through this process, um, you'll be so much more successful in the future. I honestly believe. And I think people that shortcut that and they never have to experience that. Um, I don't know. I, I just have always wondered if they're as hungry and if they're as willing to go push those boundaries and to innovate and do things that are different because they're more accustomed to being comfortable and comfortable's comfort, comfortable's not good for innovation. Um, hungry, hungry is how you go in and you innovate and you make things real and you change boundaries and you build something new. So man, I'm again, mad respect. And, um, I, I love what you, I, I love what you have to say and what you shared. Um, um, for sure. And uh, Doruk, uh, you know, the Doruk we collected from him together. And Doruk said to me uh, really beautiful words, I think uh, one or two weeks ago. Everybody born special, but mostly die as a copy. So be special. Dude, I love that. That's incredible. Yeah, it's true. You're born unique and you die as the same as everyone else. So if you can be that person that's actually unique and stands out, um, wow. And you know, you have the choice, every single person, you, you decide that. So, wow, that's power. That's crazy powerful. Any other works, any other questions for me? Or if someone else has questions, I'm, I'm totally okay. Uh, because I closed my whole night for you guys. <laughs> I have a question for you. Um, I was wondering, sorry, we're in the same space, so getting some feedback there. But um, you mentioned that, you know, as far as being authentic and sharing your story. And so how much, how important do you think that is for artists to share their story and for people to get to know them and to actually tie that? Do you think their work should stand on its own? Or do you think that there's importance with knowing who they are? Well, uh First thing first, work should be stand by itself. But the artist, the the background is so important for the work as well. Because with the artist's background, you can try to understand that piece coming from him, her, or is it a copy? Because if you start to understand the artist's thinking way, or if you start to understand the artist's uh, way of thinking, life, the, the everything happened in their life, because the our life create uh, shapes our arts. You know, my my life, my happened a, a lot of memories creating my art. The, those are the shaping my art type. So, work itself is so important, but the artist's background always help for the art. It's not needed, but it can be better. Yeah, I mean, what you just said about Doric and what he said about, you know, not dying as a copy, but standing, you know, standing to something unique. I mean, just hearing that makes me resonate and um, builds an even better connection. I mean, obviously, I love... Doric's work and um, I have mad respect for him as a person because I hear all these stories about him helping people and doing things for people and it's it's amazing but 
that philosophy he has to be able to even make that comment and say that, I mean, that tells me something about him. That's it makes his work, even though I already know how good his work is, it makes it that much more special to me. Um, so it's not just appreciating the, you know, the good work. It's like making that work special and resonate with me um, to where I want to be part of his story. So that's, yeah, amazing. So any other questions for me? Yeah, so um, in the NFT world, and I, uh, we have Armand up as a um, speaker, and I think he's going to even ask a question um, about this because he had messaged me about it. Um, you see collectives becoming um, more and more um, a thing in the NFT world. And um, before we talk to Armin, I would like to hear what's your perspective or do you have an opinion about collectives? Um, and yeah, we'll just start there. Do you, do you, what do you think about collectives? The, the, the collectibles, collectible pieces like PFPs or something uh, like that? No, no, no. Like collectives, like um, where a group of artists ah, got it, got it, got it, group got together. It. Okay, okay, I got it. Uh, well, it's a hard question. Uh, I'm always decided to go for the artists. The collectives, yes. Actually, it's like a Voltran, you know, to everybody putting their the strongest parts and they are creating uh, maybe like a Voltran, you know. But I prefer the artists. I prefer the one artist, you know. Because, because the piece resonates with his or her story and ideas and the ideas of the world and everything. And I can connect with the artists after that. But with the collectives, uh, mostly I cannot connect. But I saw really good connection with the collectives like the, the borough, the, the Indian artists. They are create amazingly beautifully done, and I'm, I saw mad respect to them. I respect to mad respect to them. Uh, I think I missed the uh, minting, but fuck it. I, I probably I will gonna buy from uh, secondary in next days. And sometimes the, the for example NFT Asia. Uh, NFT Asia is a really good collective. They are supporting each other and they are helping each other and they are creating something together. But you can understand they are uh, coming from the same culture. You know, they can understand each other, like the borough, like the NFT Asia. For example, in Turkey, we have a, another collective, uh, Meta Collective, for example, name of the Turkish community. And I'm I'm really connected with them, but if I start to collect some things, mostly I prefer from the artists. But if those uh, collectives resonate each other, like the borough or like the NFT Asia or the Meta Collective, I can collect from there as well. But it should be resonate, you know. It should be fit to each other, not like. You know, it's the one thing is tomato, one thing is potato. Not like that. 
Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. And so it really, so we have some, like you mentioned that are just absolutely incredible um, collectives and they're, they're kind of pioneering that space of, of doing that. But um, you can get, you just have to be really careful because you can get way off balance really fast. And um, you could definitely have a collection um, collectives that don't make any sense and that don't actually harmonize into where the peers, the people that you're in that collective with could do more damage to you unto your reputation and your brand as an artist. So definitely something I think to be extremely aware of and really joining a collective and being part of a collective um, really, really important decision for an artist to make and something that definitely shouldn't be done off of the cuff and um, should definitely take lots of research and um, a really firm understanding of what you're getting involved with and, and what you're doing. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask Armand if he wants to, um, I think he has a question and we'll let him uh, ask his question. Hello everyone. Hi, Rizaka. Hi, Alpha. Hi, Metagirl. Um, so yeah, I, I had a question for you, Alpha, but just before, uh, Rizakan, I don't know your work for a while, but uh, but man, you you're doing amazing things. I, I mean, uh, I mean it for the the art you're creating, your photography, but uh, but hearing you speaking in this space, uh, I was thinking just uh, just wow. The I, I find it amazing that uh, you know we're evolving in the in a space with a lot of established rules. And uh, and you seems that uh, you you know you're ready to to break uh, all those rules to to make your own way uh, inside this and uh, I I have a mad respect for that so so just before asking the question I wanted to to, to say that to you uh, so so yeah thank you for you know for for opening that pass uh, to other artists and uh, so <laughs> amazing so yeah I think I'll go for it. Um, the the question I had for you, Alpha, you know, we we hear a lot about the collectives. Uh, I think there is a, a real waves coming about photography collectives and artist collectives, and I think it's amazing. You know, I, I heard what you said, Rizakan, about the fact that it's important to not lose your artist identity inside the collective, but. But on the other side, uh, I think uh, there is really some amazing uh, possibilities through the collectives and through the community we can create by the collective, you know. So, yeah, for sure, uh, it shouldn't be potato and tomato. But, uh, but if we can create something uh, really, really cohesive, you know, like a, a single message uh, told through the voice of uh, a great number of persons. Uh, I think it should be something great, you know. It, it can become some kind of art by itself, you know. The, there is the piece, the, the pieces, you know. It's art, and there is the collective and the message we try to bring, and it can it can be art too. So yeah, that, that was my two cents. And yeah, Alpha, my question was was 
for a, a respected and influential collectors like you and someone from you I respect the point of view uh, what what would you what would you like to see from those collectives who, who are going to popping uh, uh, I mean we they, they are coming we are coming and so what what would you wait from uh, from them from us uh, I'm very curious about that So, yeah, I think um, we covered it a little bit because we talked about how important it is to have co a cohesive collection, but also to be unique. And so your brand, your identity has to still be yours. You can't um, adopt the, you know, the brand and the identity of a bunch of other people that are part of a collective. Um, it's not going to serve you well as an artist. Um but I love the idea of the collective message and told through different perspectives and um, with each person's unique style. And I think that there is definitely potential for that to be done and to be able to be done in a, in a good way. But I think the real value um, in collection in a collective is that you can harness people's um, various abilities and talents outside of art and Rizikan talked earlier about you know he has an assistant that goes along and takes the video um because he knows what his limits are he has somebody else that's like you know taking care of where they're going to eat and um where they need to get their water and making sure that happens um because again he knows where his limits are and i think with a collective a collective that could be really effective is where you literally look at, first off, every artist that you consider for a collective has to be top-notch. They have to be passionate about their art, and they have to be at the top of their game. I completely believe that. And as an artist, I wouldn't join a collective unless every other artist was operating at the same standard and same level that I was. Um, and I think having really high standards is extremely important. But beyond that, I think you have to be able to realistically, as a group, assess each person, each member's um, unique abilities and talents outside of their artwork. Are they a great communicator? Are they incredible talking in spaces? Um, well, that would be what I would have that person do. And I would have each person assigned to different things within the collective. Maybe somebody has a tech background. Maybe somebody actually has the ability to do some coding. Well, that would be incredible because um, that would be extremely valuable to the collective. And it adds val it's a value add to every member of the collective. Um, that's how I would be looking at it. If I was an artist, I would be looking at a collective from the standpoint of um, what value does this add to what I'm doing? What can the collective do? Because it's harnessing all these people's other outside talents um, to be able to, to do something beyond what I can do individually. So highly recommend that you look at it from that perspective and you look at it from the perspective of what can each person bring to this beyond art? Um, what are they going to do and how does that make us collectively stronger? Um, beyond that, one thing I've noticed and Rizikan hit on this um, so well because he said, I like to, 
I like to collect direct from the artist. And it's because he connects with the artist. Well, in a lot of collectives, um, you're blind minting. So you're minting um, blind and you don't know which artist from that collective whose work you're going to get. And I think that can be successful. I'm not saying that that's necessarily a, a bad tactic. It's a it's something that actually can work. Um, but here's what I would highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, if you have a collective and you're going to blind mint, you need to spend the money as a group and create a system where your collectors that come in and blind mint can go in and trade so they can offer what they've gotten um, as trade and have a system that will facilitate that, um, a, a trustless system that you can actually go in and trade. You can put what you've gotten up and potentially trade it for someone else that's minted in that collective. If you do that, I think you're going to have way more success, way more people that are going to come in and potentially collect from you because art is subjective. And um, every time I blend, uh, mint something blind, it's just a, it's completely a crapshoot whether I'm going to actually connect with and love that piece. But the funny thing is, if it's great art and it's great artist, somebody's going to love it. And so I think there's a huge opportunity to be able to trade around, but there's no way really right now that's safe to do that. Um, so it'd be easy though, because you could actually build a, build a system that only allowed trading from that contract. And so you lock it down. There wouldn't be any um, chance for scams or fraud and um, your collectors would feel safe. And I think it could be an amazing um, innovation in the space. What you got, Rizikan? Uh, I just want to mention about just one thing about the collectives. Uh, in my uh, humble opinion, when you uh, collect them from the collectives, you are collecting an idea. You are collecting on a topic. So if you are okay with that topic, it doesn't matter for... I'm giving the same example for the like a burrow. You know, they are they created a beautifully done. And I think we will see a lot of things in the future. But in my personal opinion, again, in that collective, the works should, uh, you know, obey the topic. You know, like, again, not tomato, potato. Okay, tomato, but little one, big one, more red one, or the green one. Everybody has a different way. But the, the, the topic is important, and the, I, I, I really don't care about the blind minting if I'm going to mint from the collective, because I'm going to mint for an, an idea, and the, the, the most important thing, I think. Yeah, I definitely think that that message... You have to, like every every person that's part of that collective and who's got work that's going to be featured in that collective, they have to be completely and solidly bought into that message. So the message has to be cohesive. And um, then they've got to tell that the story. Um, they've, got to, they've got to tell that message in their own style with their own work. And I think... Um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be, it'll be what 
decides which collectives are successful and which ones aren't. And then always as an artist, I mean, my very humble advice is to remember your brand. And even when you're a member of a collective, um, you can be very proud to be a member of a collective, but you've got to stay unique and don't stop working on your own brand and your own work um, and building yourself um, also in space. So Armand, did you have anything else? Yeah, ju just thank you for you know for for all the the insight uh, on this. I think uh, maybe I wasn't waiting for so much <laughs> because uh, the there is a, a lot to think about in in what you you just both shared with us. So so thank you for that. Uh, I, I just say that I agree with the general idea. I think I got from from both of you. That uh, that a collective should be something uh, that is cohesive in a in a in a theme, you know, that have a general idea that fit the whole collective, but at the same time uh, showing the personality and the art of every artist. So so yeah, j just thank you for sharing that with me and with everyone. <laughs> yeah, of course, and I would just um, just remind everyone. Something Rizikan said earlier, which is so important. He's like, slow down. You just like chill out. And that's something that's going to be important with all of these different things that are that are coming in. Don't rush. Literally take your time, do your research. And if you go in and you're going to join a collective or you're going to create a collective, however it is, just make sure you do it right. Make sure you put a lot of thought into it. Make sure that it's really the right thing. It's part of your plan and your path. And it's the it's the path you want to take. And definitely there's going to be some extremely successful ones. And we've already seen some that have been successful and um, very well thought out, which have been incredible. So just, um, yeah, just make sure you take the time and really do it right. And um, don't be afraid to innovate. I mean, it's one of the reasons that Rizikan's been so successful. He like he's ready to push those boundaries and he's ready to do things that um, haven't been done. And that's what's so special about that space, because it can be done. Um, literally, the boundaries right now are self-imposed. And so this is a wide open space. So don't be afraid to be an innovator. Very well said. That authenticity and the um, and the passion still needs to show through. And I, I really appreciate how much the authenticity is um, is pushed through this uh, conversation because that part is, you know, that's something, Riza, can you do so well is show your authenticity and your passion just shows right through that as well. And um, that's, you know, that's that's part of what the advantage of this whole new system is is that we get to be authentic and that gets you know you actually can share your authentic message and reach people that can appreciate it so i've been really really excited to hear that so strongly um communicated and, and so yeah i was just going to say um we're going to bring up some speakers if you have some questions for rizikan so rizikan get ready um <laughs> We, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what's coming at you, but um, we'll start bringing up um, some speakers and to ask questions. 
And we'll start with you, um, Masood. Yeah, hello, everyone. So, uh, hello, Rizajan. First, a little bit, uh, 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 let me a little bit uh, talk about Rizajan. I mean, when I first started with NFTs, uh, I mean, I started to listen some spaces and it was uh, mainly uh, Turkish uh, community spaces. And uh, uh, I was, uh, the, the uh, topics were mainly related to PFPs, collectibles and so, such. But uh, I, I always uh, started to see uh, Reza Can in, in the in these spaces, and uh, then I, I thought, who is this? Who is this guy uh, uh, in the spaces talking? And then uh, I saw that he's he's a photographer, and he's a very successful one. So then it it made me realize that uh, photography NFT is a thing, and it is possible to to be successful in the space. Uh, and uh, do 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 a photography work. So it, it was very valuable, and he was always very supportive. He he always shares his experience, and his uh, uh, and he he was giving um, a lot of feedback to 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 newcomers who started new. And it was uh, for two two aspects. One of them was it uh, his success was giving hope for the new new artists entering the space that uh, it is possible if you if you work hard and he was also being an example that uh, someone who uh, was able to build his his brand in the space and uh, become a well-known photographer or well-known artist in the space so it was uh, because of that very important and uh, i'm happy to have him in the in the in the community and uh, also uh, discussing with him, chatting with him, it, it is it is it is really great. So uh, I have two questions uh, to Razajan and also Alpha. Uh, your your feedback is also important. So one of them is about uh, secondary sales. Um, yeah, you know, uh, for the photography or or general in 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 NFT uh, art collect collect collectibles. I mean, one of ones. Uh, uh, the the secondary uh, market is not catching up really, as uh, as we are hoping, and I believe this is um, this is slowing down uh, new collectors to enter the space because not everyone uh, is here to buy art and keep them keep them uh, uh, forever because some of some uh, new we, we need some collectors also to to enter the space and uh, uh, buy something, keep it for some time, and then try to sell it. But uh, it is not happening uh, for most of the, uh, the majority of the, of the artists. But I, uh, I know Reza Can is, is able to do that. Uh, he is one of the few artists who, can, who, who is able to do that. So I would love to hear his, his feedback about that. Uh, uh, some, some maybe uh suggestions how how to how 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 this can be improved uh, of course it is it is uh not really uh, a point that uh, that can be forced uh, but i mean I, I see some some examples and rizajan is one of them that uh, you you also when you release an one of one work and a collection i mean you are as a creator own own it you, you own it and 
uh, when you sell it, then uh, it is not like, okay, I just sold it and uh, it is not mine anymore. No, uh, this is the collection that you own and you are also responsible uh, for that collection moving forward. And uh, I mean, we know uh, Justin uh, Aversano, who, who is also uh, doing doing this great. I mean, uh, when someone puts uh, a piece uh, very cheap, I mean, uh, under the floor, he, he always tries to find someone else, some other collector to grab the piece and uh, keep keep his uh, floor at a stable level. And Rizajan also uh, is is able to do that. So. I would love to hear uh, his feedback about that. My second question is, I, 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 and I know his, uh, uh, his thoughts about this uh, a little bit because we, we chatted, uh, chat about it a lot. Uh, and I know he, he, he doesn't like this uh, a lot because uh, unfortunately, I mean, this is happening uh, in every area uh, in the world, but in the art world and traditional art world, and now we are seeing it in, in also the NFT art art world, there is unfortunately the the reality of gatekeeping, which is which is uh, very unfortunate. But I see that there is a there is a possibility that we are going into that direction that gatekeeping gatekeeping becomes a thing. So I see that some collectors are uh, understandably not very well. Uh, educated in the art uh, art uh, venue and uh, some of them needs uh, some uh, like how to say some guarantee from from a, a, a group or a, a person and they 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 like to have uh, or collect some curated uh, collections or pieces from artists and I believe this is this is maybe good uh, for some people, but it also opens the door for uh, gatekeeping because if this becomes a standard or a uh, or a common thing, then I believe it will open the door for uh, worse. Uh, it, it it will make make worse for the other one of one artist to to make their voice uh, heard because not everyone will be able to pass that uh, border. And get curated uh, for that, uh, for that uh, uh, to be in that uh, curation, curational uh, collection. So I want to hear a little bit about Zajans and also Alfa's uh, feedback about this topic as well. So thank you, thank you very much. So uh, Alfa, I'm starting. <laughs> Go for it. Uh... For the secondary sale, thank you so much. By the way, the for kind words, Mesut, uh, I'm really feel good. But <laughs> for the secondary sales, uh, I'm always believing the secondary sales which should be collaboration with the collectors and the artists. Artists cannot make the secondary sale market by himself or herself. It should be with the collector, because our and after the collector collecting a piece. Actually, he or she will become a part of the story, become a part of the collector a collection. So, uh, and after that, it's a responsibility for the both, and collector, and uh, artist. 
So, uh, for example, in my panoramic portraits, uh, my primary market was the 23 Ethereum, but my secondary market was 170 Ethereum. It's like almost six, seven times more than the primary. But that happened with my collectors that because they believed the collection and I believe in my collection because I'm dropping it. So... You know, uh, I'm always uh, talking about my collection. Of course, I'm going to talk about my collection. Of course, I'm going to talk about my pieces. But if the collector is not going to help me, sorry, but the artist cannot make a secondary sale because the artist always try to uh, make a secondary sale, but he or she cannot because the, that piece belongs to two person. And after that, after the collecting a piece from the primary market, because I created that piece, those pieces full of my emotions, full of my vision, full of my background. And, and after that, the, the collectors collecting its piece, he or she become the owner of my vision, become the owner of my background and future. So we will going to build our secondary market together no one gonna help us because of that i'm always saying if you want to make a secondary sale you need to understand your collectors as well you need to uh, make a good connection with your collectors as well of course there will be some fomo most of the collections but fomo can be passed easily it's it will be happen two days three days you can make a one or two secondary sale and after that will we stop. But if your collectors will hold your pieces and if your collectors will, uh, for example, I'm, I'm talking about me as a collector's perspective right now. And after I collected some pieces, uh, if I'm going to put the secondary market, I'm putting like 50 times more or 100 times more than the primary sale, primary price. Because I'm believing that work. I, I collect it. I'm on on that work. So if if I'm showing the world my way, if I'm showing the world my belief that work, my belief that artist, the others will start to understand the value of the artist, value of the art, value of the collection. That will be together. If you want to make a secondary sale, that should be. Collectors and artists all together. By the way, the, the col other collectors also bound each other inside the collection. They actually, everybody is bounding each other in a collection. That's my uh, first question's answer. Yeah. So if I can hop in there, um, I could not have said that, like, even close to as good as you did, Rizikan. Um, 100%. So it's literally those secondary sales are a partnership between the collector and the artist. And um, the better those sales are going to be, it's going to be based upon how strong that relationship is between the artist and collector. Um, so I, for instance, may not sell your work. I may not put it up for sale, um, but I definitely will be promoting that and I will be talking about that and I will be sharing that work. And, 
and how important it is to me. And so that helps build demand for um, that builds demand for the collection itself. And so somebody else will sell and um, that's how it works. It's, it's, it's a relationship. It's a partnership. And it's one of the things that's really interesting. So um, maybe I have a voice and I can get eyes on a collection. Um, there's, you know, a lot of collectors that have really big voices and they can get eyes on a collection. Um, but it's really important. And I think it's something that this is a great place to say it. You know, we're using Twitter primarily as the way to drive sales and visibility of this art and collections to tell stories. Um, and we got to be careful with that because the current way that this is being done, I don't believe is sustainable um, for the long term. And um, that being the case, just think about if the entire, you know, storytelling and everything that you've said about a collection is put into a Twitter thread, um, eventually that's going to go away. It's not going to even be able to be found anymore. And it's so important to tell those stories in other ways too. And Rizikan is a master at that because we talked already about the videos that he's done for these collections and they literally stop you in your tracks. And that video is going to last way past Twitter. Um, and that video is part of literally the story of that collection from now on. And as a collector, I appreciate that so much because he as an artist has provided me a way to talk about um, him and about his collection and his, his message. Um, he did that for me. He created that not just to sell me a piece, but to tell that story. And so to build demand for that collection from now on. And um, that's really valuable. That's really important. And um, as I think I mature in this space as a collector, those type of things are becoming more and more important to me to look and see what type of relationship I, am I going to have with the artists that I'm buying from? Um, does this artist, do they sell something and then move on and forget it from then on? Are they, are they providing the information and things I need to be able to go out and tell their story? Um, it's just really, it's so important. And when he talked about that being a collaboration and a partnership, and then between all the collectors and collection and how literally you're working together to build that future demand, um, the artists that figure that out and that do that well, and Rizikan is one of those people, he's already doing it, um, they're going to have the, the most success in this space because they're going to have those royalties coming in for the rest of their lives, um, and it's going to build a base for them to where they don't have to fret each month over what they're sell selling. They can just stay focused on their art and creating and it'll all take care of itself. And so it's just such an important part of this. I'm glad you asked this question, um, Masood. And Rizikan, I love the way you answered it because it's 100% the way it has to be. It's a partnership between the artist and the collector. And that's what's going to drive 
demand, which creates those secondary sales? Uh, so I'm going for the second question. Uh, yeah. right. uh, can I can I also give my perspective on that? Yeah, of course, go for it. Yeah, sure. I also think that yeah, thank thanks for your answers uh, about Zajan and Alpha. I I, I really uh, agree with that. So it is very important to to be to to see it uh, as a as a partnership because it is uh, it is a partnership. And also, uh, I see uh, one of the main um, problems uh, which is maybe causing the secondary sales not, not being getting is I see artists are uh, releasing a collection, they are selling out, and then just they, they, they put another collection uh, immediately. And I mean, this, this makes uh, this sometimes make it difficult for, for that first collection to, to leave. A little bit more because it's story. Uh, maybe, maybe it's story may maybe may stop there. So, and uh, if uh, you don't uh, you don't put uh, any collection immediately, and uh, stay stay a little bit on that collection, try to promote it uh, a little bit more while while it is sold out. Maybe it will right. it will it will make make a secondary sales for that uh, easier if. The collectors also want to want to sell, so uh, I see this small point also uh, affecting this a little bit. Uh, thank you. So uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, I'm coming for the second question about the gatekeeping. Uh, I fucking hate gatekeeping because the the artists, a lot of artists, uh, suffered from that in the, the the physical art way, because the the all the time we are solving the same artists in the galleries or you know the main media or something like that or the collectors or the creators, because they are using the gatekeeping. Actually, that was a fear. That was a fear, because they feared about the new artist will gonna pass there. And that that and 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 they thinking that the, the new artists will fuck their business and they will not gonna earn, but they doesn't know about the one thing we can walk the same path together, and and yes, I'm seeing some couple of uh, gatekeeping in the NFT worlds as well, but uh, the gatekeeping will always be happen in everywhere. We cannot stop it because the earth is 8 billion people and uh, we are so fucking early. And can you imagine after 8, for, for example, 1 billion people in the Web3 and the selling, buying NFTs or the trading cryptos or the adapting the Web3 and the, the, that get, gatekeeping will be much, much and more. But uh, right now, actually, I prefer the gatekeeping in a good way. Stay away from the frauders, stay away from the scammers, the lawyers, you know. Uh, that will be happen with together again. The like I said, we are building this community together, and we can stop them with together with the, the, the those frauders or the those you know the 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 commercial people doesn't do anything except the commercial. We can stop there together, but yeah, we cannot run from the gatekeeping. Sorry, I'm I'm really fucking hate to say that. 
but we cannot run from it. But we can be make in a good way. We can change in a good way to that 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 uh, gatekeeping. Yeah. In, in my humble opinion, of course. Man, you took that someplace um, I hadn't even thought of, Rizikan, with um, literally some good gatekeeping because we've got to keep these scammers and their fraudsters, et cetera, out. And it's especially, it's going to become more and more important as we have more people that are just new and naive entering the space and they get taken advantage by those, taken advantage of by those people. And in fact, I had a meeting today um, and we had a huge discussion about that. Like, okay, we're going to not show certain collections because they're, you know, from scammers and they're fraudulent, et cetera. And how do you determine that? And like, where do you have to draw the line so it doesn't go too far? And so um, it's a very interesting discussion. But yeah, there is some gatekeeping that's, I think, necessary and um, and, and important. And um, we have to keep um, that in perspective. But on the, the other side of gatekeeping, what we see in the traditional art world, and we talked about that earlier, as a collector, I don't like being told at all what I'm supposed to buy or where I'm supposed to buy it or who I'm supposed to buy it from. And um, I don't like it. So as a collector, I can make a choice to, to not do that. As an artist, you can make a choice of whether you participate in the gatekeeping and the interesting thing to me, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be irritated, I think, when I say this, is that gatekeeping seems to be something that no one likes unless you're inside the gate. And then you're all for it. And so um, I see people scrambling, like doing almost selling their soul to get inside the gate. And so um, you don't have to do that. Um, gatekeeping is only a thing. If we as a community let it be. And so that's, I think, just a really important thing to, to keep in mind with that. And I just wanted to, something hit me. I just wanted to throw it out there really fast because on secondary sales, and then we talked earlier about collectives. I think collectives, one of the, one advantage that a collective could possibly have if it was set up correctly, and this was done from the very beginning is um, if you understood the economics behind it and you set up an economic system for this mechanism, um, I think a collective could potentially drive secondary sales via incentives. And so if you set it up from the very beginning, everyone understood it and was part of it, then you can drive secondary sales by incentivizing collecting certain things within the collective. So, you know, you, you offer some type of reward system for someone to get three different artists or three different this or five this or whatever. And you set that up from the very beginning as part of your, your economic system for that collective. And then you can drive secondary sales all the time, um, which would be interesting because you incentivize collecting, which is done in a lot of collecting fields where they literally drive the collecting and people buying and selling and they, they, they drive those transactions through incentivizing various things within the collection, which the only way you can accomplish it is either sell or buy. 
Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And um, another strength that you might look for some, somebody that has that um, when you're building that collective out. Well, thank you so much for the answers. Uh, actually, for, for the gatekeeping, I also want to add that some people, I mean, they uh, may, maybe they are not uh, really uh, keen to get uh, responsibility for their choices because, I mean, if you buy something and if the the artist is a scammer or, I mean, or he just disappears, then it is your fault. But if you if you buy it uh, on a on a gatekeeping platform or a or a mean pass or something like that, then it is their fault. Maybe some some people. Uh, would like to uh, would like to try it because of that and also yeah we cannot stop it but i'm i'm afraid of it become a common common thing and uh, i mean go to go to format for for the the new ones who who enters the space i mean and then it will be difficult for the uh, free artists and uh, no, nobody in the in the gates so it will be difficult for them to to find the collectors uh, but i don't i don't think it will happen i am hopeful that uh, we will we will come forward in a, in a good way and also i agree alpha 100% that uh, you, you you hate games. there are uh, some artists maybe a lot of artists who who hates gatekeeping until they uh, they are inside the gate so I think this is also another point. Thank you. Thank you so much for the answers, Zajan and Alpha. Thank you for your question, Masuk. That was um, definitely great conversation about secondary sales and also gatekeeping, which are very relevant topics in the space. And I agree with Alpha. Rizikin, you added a perspective that I had not previously thought about. And that power of community can be so important. So thank you for, for your words on that for sure. Um, and Christoph, I know you came up next and I know Matt has his hand up. So um, I'm fine if Christoph, if you would like to go next and then we can get Matt um, after that, if that works for you guys. Great, okay. Christoph, you have the floor. Yeah, thank you so much, Emma, Alpha and uh, Riza Khan for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, thank you for this amazing discussion. Uh, truly, truly uh, such helpful comments and, and suggestions that were made. And Arisa, kind of, would just like to congratulate you on your beautiful work. I've been aware of you for some time now. Um, it's, you know, it's there is very special and unique work, and for, you know, for um, as Alpha already mentioned, right, that you you essentially decided to not not only to to be groundbreaking when it comes to putting documentary work up at Super Red, but like an entire collection in one go. <laughs> so that's 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 really amazing. Um, I I also would like to thank you for. You know, bring up some really important points, as you said, uh, for to drive secondary sales, you need to collaborate with the collector, you need to help the collector and Alpha mentioned that too. You need to provide to the collector material that allows the collector to to promote you, um, which is of value both to you and the collector. So that's that's been a very helpful point to to understand. Um, and I, I guess there were two questions, if I may come back to the idea of a collective and also gatekeeping, because I think that kind of ties in with it. Um, because uh, I was, I was, I heard that um, Brisa, can you said like you feel that a collective, when you buy from a collective, you kind of buying into the idea of it, right? That what it stands for. But at the same time, if you look at something like Obscura, right? Obscura generates high, high quality work um, through curation, 
which you could call gatekeeping, but at the same time, it has high quality curators who ensure that that work is of a certain standard. So, you know, I would I would believe that a collective can can provide value to collectors via via giving them access to a body of work that has been curated by good curators, and so they can trust more in the quality of that work as obscurus do. Um, so I, I do believe that curation, even though it is gatekeeping, I think it's also important because, and that's why curation happens everywhere and gatekeeping to a certain extent kind of has to happen because you need to guide people as to what has value sometimes. And and the curators sometimes do that. So that, that was just my, my one thought. And the other one was uh, when Alpha mentioned that, that, that a collective is blind minting, I mean, that does not always have to be the case, right? I mean, it maybe it can be the case for the Genesis collection. But then I would assume that in future collections, there can always be just a, you know, a, a public a public mint, no blind mint. So basically, the collector can then decide what he or she wants to buy, what appeals to them. Um, so that, I just had that as a question. And and finally, Alpha, thank you so much for that suggestion about the smart contract, right? About the, the ability to swap. That is something very interesting to keep in mind. Yeah, so thank you very much. Thank you for that question. And yeah, Rizikin, you I know you had your hand up. Did you want to start? Yeah, I'm just talking about the gatekeeping. Uh, uh, I'm not against the creation. Uh, I'm a, I'm uh, against the gatekeeping as, you know, for example, Christoph, you, we think like, okay, we are so close friends, okay? And you are creating a, a space. Got it? And you are involving me just becoming your friend. I'm against that. That's gatekeeping. I'm not against that. The the appreciation of the good art or the real art. That should be happen. That should be happen. Even me. Of course, I'm sometimes, uh, for example, some creators, I respect it. Uh, they said you 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 are not fit our creation. I'm saying of course I'm not gonna fit it, and I'm respected that, but I'm against the gatekeeping like the, you know, uh, like before I mentioned about it. Okay, that's my friend, and I will push him forward. No, no, not that way. I'm against that way. I'm against that gatekeeping because. Uh, otherwise, yeah, of course, we we have a uh, curators. Of course, we have uh, art critics. Of course, we have a uh, uh, collector basis thinking. Of course, we have uh, artist basis thinking. We should, we should, because we are creating this world together. And inside the world, I think everybody wants to be better version of this world. So how can we make it? We can make it together. We can make it better as a bad thing as a bad, not bad thing as a because of your friend as a okay. That's a good one. No, no, that's 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 the damaging to our NFT world. I'm against that gatekeeping. Otherwise, of course, I'm totally okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point, um, Rizikan. Um, so curation, I don't really think of curation as gatekeeping myself. Um, so I don't use those words interchangeably, actually, because curation, um, 
I mean, I think that's an important part of the art world. And I think that's how you can learn a lot um, as a collector and an artist is by seeing um, various curations and um, what's curated and what's put together. So I definitely don't, I don't interchange those um, words. For me, gatekeeping is um, removing opportunity. So gatekeeping that I am definitely opposed to is something that removes the opportunity for an artist to be able to be seen, um, that removes their opportunity to be able to sell um, their work or to even have their work seen. Um, that's gatekeeping. Um, having collectives, having groups, having um, curations, I mean, that I think is important. And um, I think it's really important, again, as I've said before, it's as important to the artist to make sure that they are 100% um, in line with the values and the beliefs of whatever collective or group um, that they are um, being a part of. But those are always going to be part of the art world. And I think it's, I actually believe it's an important part of the art world, which I think is what Rizikan um, also just said. Um, for me, gatekeeping is, and, and I agree with um, Rizikan, I do not like it when somebody is given an opportunity based off of friendship or based off of something beyond um, their art. Um, that just shouldn't shouldn't happen and somebody being like excluded because of not who they know or whatever not knowing the right or being part of you know the cool kids i mean i think that's kind of bullshit too um but curation definitely is not what i see as um gatekeeping yeah thank you thank you so much Risa ken and alpha um it's it's very good to hear that because there has been some discussion in the space. Um, for example, there have been platforms that came up, you know, where artists had to go through a creation process to be accepted into the platform. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the ones that are selling, but like ones where, just, where they just list the artists. And there was quite a bit of discussion that people said that that was gatekeeping. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's good that you, that I understand how you see that. Um, because I, th I think there's probably a little bit too much sensitivity in this space to curation, which which can be very helpful, as you as you said. Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, I think some of that. I mean, and I'm probably speaking out of hand, but I think sometimes you know, especially for smaller platforms that are starting up, etc., um, they have a limited amount of volume that they can do there's a limited number of people that they can actually um, feature at first. And so they have to have some type of system for determining who those people are. And most of them that I've seen are continuously adding to that. Um, I think the really good ones literally publish exactly what the standards are. And there's a process to go through um, because they have a set of standards. They have to, they only have so many spaces. Um, they only have so many people working that can um facilitate whatever they're trying to do so i mean that just makes sense and so it can't be a free-for-all um a free-for-all wouldn't work in that situation um the platforms would fail um so yeah i mean i think there's always going to be that and i think there needs to be that um it's the wholesale opportunity um being taken away that i'm fully against 
and the opportunity not being presented based off of something um, beyond um, your art. And so if you're using um, nationality, you're using something to do with gender, nationality, anything like that um, to limit um, what those opportunities are. I mean, that's just, we know that's wrong um, 100%. Um, And if you're limiting it based off of who you know and what people you're friends with, I mean, to me, that's absolutely wrong too. Well said, guys. Thank you very much. And um, Christoph, thanks for the wonderful question. And I have Matt next um, to take the floor. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hi, Aifa. Hi, Metagor. Hi, brother Zajan. Uh, I would like to say uh, a few words about him. Uh, he's one of the first people I met uh, when I entered NFT world. Uh, and he gave his support to young and new artists artists at every opportunity, as I've seen it before. He's one of those who put his hand under the stone. Uh, actually, in the last space he mentioned, he made an offer uh, for two works of an artist he had never met. So he's the one who takes responsibility for me, for my side of view. Uh, and you, my brother, <laughs> don't hide your words. So <laughs> you were lynched a lot. <laughs> True. <laughs> and to thus, uh, moreover, uh, he's my collector. And uh, that's all. That's all the words uh, I wanted to say. We are happy to know you, brother. Uh, I wish you a continued success uh, in your works. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I just want to add something. If I didn't say that, it would have stuck with me. Uh, the pronunciation of uh, his name, uh, the last three letters, uh, I, I know uh, it sounds like a can, but uh, it is more similar to John. Uh, so we call him Za John. And that's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Alpha. Thank you, Matagor. Brother, Zajan, I'm happy to know you. Take care. Thank you so much for kind words, my man. Uh, but thank you so much for the, my wishing my success. But I'm always saying we, we will success together. And I don't want to walk in that path alone. Because if you're walking alone in that path, it's meaningless. That's just for nothing. And yeah, we are uh, collecting. Yeah, we are making money. Yeah, we are creating our art with the this money or etc. with the success. But in this NFT spaces, most valuable thing those this I gave to me is a friendship, because I finally I can talk in the same frequencies. With the people, I can find the the people thinking like I am, like what I what thinking I am. So I'm so glad, and I'm, I'm so thank you so much for the kind words, and I'm so fucking blushing right now. I think because of the fourth uh, double uh, whiskey, but I'm still think want to think as your words. <laughs> You're welcome, brother.
Thank you for that, for sure. And thank you for the clarification. We will do better with our American accents, for sure. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> and um, Sunny, I think I have um, you up next, if you would like to share. Yeah, thanks, Emma. Um, Riza John, uh, hello. I've never uh, really uh, heard you speak before, but uh, it was such a pleasure. Um, you know, I've been uh, glued to my AirPods for the last, uh, I don't know, uh, hour, two hours. Uh, I think uh, you've been dropping gems uh, all along. And I know Alpha tries very hard to be politically correct. But so thank you for, you know, dropping the truth bombs, which Alpha probably agrees with, but would never say it that way. Um I just wanted to, uh, you know, uh, add a little bit about collectives because clearly that is the that is the flavor uh, of the season in NFTs, and I know that everybody is very eager to either be part of a collective um, or start their own collective. And I think you know what is um, uh, I think you said that Reza John and you said that Alpha, um, but I think it's important for as with everything nft to to be patient and not rush into either being part of one or creating one i think collectives have a long way to go we have probably not seen them evolve the way that we are going to in the next few months so uh, you know who you associate with or and and where do you put your energy is extremely important for you uh, as an artist and for us as a collector as well, because, you know, the output that is going to be there is going to be, you know, determining the entire space where it goes. Uh, I, I just feel like, you know, the collectives, the, the, the temperature for collectives, I think, collectively needs to come down a little bit uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being part of one or creating one. Yes, you know, there's a lot of innovation happening, but, you know, patience is probably the number one virtue you can practice here uh, in this space. Um, and I wanted to ask uh, Riza John this question, whether, um, you know, if he's part of a collective um, or if he's ever thought about starting one. Um, and then um, uh, I have uh, just one other thing uh, that I wanted to say, which I forgot now. So I'll, I'll stop here. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in the early August and or September, the the couple of people asking me why you are not collecting, uh, creating a collective, and I said, uh, I'm a so fucking Web three guy, and I'm so decentralized, and I don't want to be the you know the create something and the being a top of it. So because of that, I never want to cr create a collective. That that's my opinion. Of course, it's it shouldn't be the right, but because of that, I never be part of the collectives. I just want to be by yourself, and I just want to be uh, support or giving or the maybe sometimes be part of something if fits on my mindset. And right now, for example, the one collective asked to me uh, about the drop and I, I'm for example I say to them I need to see the pieces if I'm because if I'm not fitting in that collective I don't want to be part of the collective and I don't want to be part of that idea because the collective should be fit every pieces fit each other uh, and um, I'm still waiting the pieces the artworks they will send it to me and if the 
pieces will fit my art. Of course, I, I, I can be be part of the collective because if I understand the topic, if I understand the idea, if I embrace the idea and you know, the topic, uh, of course, I would like to be part of topic uh, the the collective. It's uh, as I mentioned, it's like a Voltron. If every pieces perfectly fits each other, you can build a huge robot destroying the ever world. <laughs> you know, but even just the one little piece not fitting in that idea, that will be sorry, but be, became a disaster. So because of that, and then if something happened like that, I don't want to be part of anything because I have a responsibility to myself. I have a responsibility to my collectors and I have a responsibility to my vision, to my future, to my background. So that should be fit in every way. Yeah, that... Riza John was said so well um, and it's so important like so yeah there's can be value there and it could be something you know uh, another way to to be able to put the message out there and to share your art but if it's not absolutely perfect you don't want to be part of it um, and I always tell people um, that it's so important Every single thing that they do, every single thing that they mint, they have to be proud of it. Um, you should never sell something you're not completely proud of because it's going to be part of you. It's part of your story from now on. And so what you just said was beautiful. And hi, Sonny. Um, good to see you. And I'm glad you, uh, you came in to speak. And Sonny, did you remember... Sorry. Um, Sonny, were you finished? Yes. Thank you very okay. much. I, now I can't remember the other thing that I wanted to say. Thank you. I'll step down. Thank you very much. It's always great to hear from you, Sonny. And I think next we have um, Art, Art Graffiti. I'm sorry. Art Graffiti. Hi. Artography. Artography. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Riza Khan, Riza Jan. <laughs> I just came up on the stage to say that um, I love this guy. I love, love what he is doing and he is going to do. I know he, I mean, he has a good heart uh, because uh, you can understand from his words. He, he is really honest. He tried to be honest uh, all the time. And he tries to help other people. Uh, me also, I mean, when I came to the NFT space, uh, first times I met him, uh, we spoke, we discussed about some things, etc. He's like shy senior. I mean, to the, I mean, he's uh, showing the way, the right way, trying to show the right way to the people. Uh, just came up on the stage to say uh, these actually. And uh, hello to everybody. That's all. Thank you so much, brother. Welcome on stage. And uh, so glad to hear. Uh, thank you. Well, I don't know what should I say right now. <laughs> That's fine, my brother. I just actually came to say also, Riza can, I mean, Riza, I mean, can, can, can be a 
model there. He's like, can do this. I mean, <laughs> it's a bad joke, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was a really bad joke, man. It's a uh, f- fuck, you killed the whole space. <laughs> you know me, I just, I need <laughs> some fun, also needed. It was a really serious space. I really, I mean, like the topics, the words, the uh, ideas, but some fun also needed, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. And yes, the um, that little comedy definitely helps for sure. And um, next, I think we have Yuval. Would you like to take the floor? Um, hi. Hi, Metagol. Hello. Hello, Alpha and Briscoe. Uh, I... I... <laughs> I just joined the space. I mean, I just wanted to come up and say, say hi to everyone. I just uh, joined when Sunny was speaking. I was listening. Um, I, I I mean, don't know the topic, but uh, yeah, I just came up and say hi and uh, just wanted to introduce myself. Well, thank you for coming up and saying hello. Um, we've definitely had a great conversation today. So I'm sorry that you are coming in um, at this point because um, it's been there definitely has been a lot of great information shared. Um, but yeah. thank you for coming up and saying hello. Yeah, I, I just saw some tweets about some innovations and uh, innovative galleries. And uh, I think Sunny was talking. So I thought I would uh, uh, just... Uh, uh, say my 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 few things as well because I have been also trying to innovate few things right from beginning even even uh, with my latest work. So um, not sure if I can say anything about my work, but yeah, I just wanted to uh, listen and uh, I mean happy to answer if if anything related to the innovative uh, photography. Thank you for that. Um, and we've been um, hearing a lot from Riza Jean about his, um, the way he's been innovative in the space and um, just kind of reviewing some different things about um, the space in general. So we have recorded the um, conversation today. So um, it definitely will be worth a listen because it's been definitely a lot of wonderful information shared. So thank you for offering to share about your work. This isn't necessarily a space where we're sharing work today, um, but I appreciate the offer and thank you yeah, for coming absolutely. up to say hello <laughs> thank you you're yeah, absolutely i just i mean it's not for it's not for shilling or sharing my work but uh, sharing some innovative thoughts but yeah i will listen through thank you so much sure thank you and hindra did you have a question yes i do hi Emma. hi hindra hi Emma. hi alpha hi Risajan. Uh, so it's the first time I'm listening to you talking. Thank you for sharing your experience. So I'm coming from uh, Web2. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always enjoy doing uh, like uh, what I do, creating my art, and then also helping uh, tutoring some photographers. Then uh, in January, I came to this mm-hmm. NFT world. And then suddenly, i am become someone who not just has to be an have to be an artist but but also to be a marketing department of myself and and this kind of thing i mean so basically i feel that i have to be one uh, every everybody in uh, in in one person 
so my question, I mean, uh, I still, I mean, I accept uh, people asking for 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 it uh, uh, through my DM and, and so on, and I still enjoy creating. But what I'm trying to say here is, when mm. it's time for me to to, I mean, selling myself, this is this is quite a stressful process for me. So. Can I ask you an advice? Uh, if you are in a position compared to when you were beginning, what will you do if you were me? Uh, well, I, I hope this is not a stupid question. Though. No, 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 it's not a stupid question at all. It's actually it's an important question. Uh, well, uh, I'm always saying the same thing. I'm I'm trying to translate English, but. Ah, fuck. Okay. Uh, you become you. You become a best chefs in the world. You become a best cooks in the world. But if you cannot serve the people, no one gonna be able to eat it. Uh, that's the main point. And after that, if you can serve, but if your uh, meal is really shitty, no one will gonna buy it again. So that mean that that should be in the balance, you know. The, the 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 your art should be in good, and you need to be uh, explain your art and explain yourself in a good way. In my, of course, humble opinion, you can be completely disagree with me. No worries. And the the other thing, you shouldn't be try to sell yourself. You should be try to make a respect to your art to other people because selling and the buying things starting with the respecting in your art in your artistic way. If you try to sell yourself, you become a salesman. But if you try to explain yourself in in the arts, you know, in the artistic way, in your vision, in your feature, etc., you will become an artist. And after you will become an artist, we will try to respect you. We will try to listen to you. We will try to follow you. And in the end, people will collect you. Can you please explain more detail by saying that I explain who myself to two people? I mean, uh, so far what I'm using is, I mean, people keep saying go to space, go to space, then, then that's become the ceiling. And for me, uh, I would like to say just one word. So sorry, sorry, sorry. You rugged and uh, I jumped on it. Please continue. No, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, so far what the the advices I got is just to to go to yourself, uh, to go to spaces and tell about yourself. But for me, that sort of ceiling, and I feel like it's quite awkward to 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 seal about myself, about my work. So, uh, what's your advice about how how to to let people know who I am. Well, uh, I'm not chilling for a really, really long time to my works. And I'm joining the spaces. I'm jump, jump on the talkings, the conversations. I'm giving, uh, I'm sharing my opinions. And if 
people try to understand me they will ask uh, questions about me or my art or my future or my vision and after that i'm trying to explain myself and if they uh, feel the fits in my vision they started following me or I'm starting following them. And after that, we are making connection. And after that, we are talking, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not shilling myself. I'm just talking. I'm just giving my opinions about the topics. I'm just talking about the conversation or just giving my opinions in some tweets. I'm writing some things. If I'm not agree with something, I'm saying I'm not agree with it. I'm not hiding myself because why should I hiding myself? If I'm, if I'm against something, I should tell them. And otherwise I'd become a, you know, some idiotic person. I'm always saying bad things. I'm, I'm hating this, that I hating that to my friends. I'm not, but I'm not doing anything. So fuck myself <laughs> if I'm doing like that. But if you share your opinions in the world, People start to understand you. You don't need to be shield your works in every time. If people likes your uh, idea, if people likes your vision, people start to look at your works. And if the people love your works or compare with themselves, feeling like a compare with themselves, they will go buy it. You don't need to be shill, but you need to be communicate with everybody because. You are a person and you need to make a signature uh, in the history. And you can make a signature in history with the talking, with the sharing your opinions. Man, that is um, so powerful, Riza Jean. Um, yeah, I have never heard Riza Jean ever shill himself. Um, I've never seen that, actually. I've seen him share... Um, other people's work, stuff that he's bought and collected, but I've never seen him shill his own self or his own work. And um, I've seen him definitely not be afraid to share his opinion and his viewpoints. And um, anyone that's listening to this space today definitely would have to know that he is 100% genuine and passionate about what he's talking about. I mean, it just, that genuineness, that realness, and that passion, it just, it seeps through in everything he says. And so I think that's what he's telling you, um, Hendro, is that you've just got to be a genuine person and you don't have to go and um, shill your own work. You just have to have a voice and communicate and you can talk about things other than your own work. And um, that's how you start to build relationships and you build the respect of people in the community. And eventually they're going to talk about your work and they're going to be doing it. And obviously, I mean, you're an incredible photographer. You have incredible work and you've already had a great deal of success um, in the space. And so you've just got to keep on, um, you know, talking about just things and, and having a voice and being genuine and um, it'll lead to um, greater and greater things. Thank you. And Riz John, you don't have to raise your hand, just talk. 
<laughs> yeah, just something came to my mind and I just want to say it. And this is my, actually, some of my problems in the spaces. You cannot be angry with everybody, artists, I'm telling you. You don't need to be angry with everybody. You don't need to be accept of everything. If you're against it, just tell it. No one gonna chase you or no one gonna curse you. That's your opinion. And you can be yourself with sharing your opinions against or with that. That's a great point. And that's how we learn too. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Just, you know, two people can be um, really close and have a great relationship and not have the exact same opinion on everything. Um, and so those opinions, and um, it really starts defining who a person is. And I have a lot of respect and um, um, have really close relationships with lots of people that have completely different opinions than I do um, on different things. And so, but when you start sharing that and you're willing to do that and you start having a voice, you actually have a voice um, within the community, people will start respecting you. They'll respect the fact that you have an opinion um, and that you're willing to share it and that you're willing to talk. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. And um, I think the, uh, the advice that Riz Jean just gave, it's, it's incredible advice. You don't have to sell yourself because if you are just um, genuine and you are able to communicate um, people will start to respect you. And obviously you have to have great art on top of that, but they'll respect you. And um, eventually they're going to do that work. Um, and you don't have to. Thank you. Thank you for the great advice. Well, and thank you for coming up and asking that question, Hendra, because just like you said, it might seem simple, but also learning the details. There's a difference between hearing do this and actually knowing how to do it. And um, I think this is a great, Rizajan is a great person to learn from. So I'm glad you asked that question. And um, that's in the space we hear a lot of times do this or don't do this, but it's, it can be a little bit, you know, hearing the actual details can make a big difference. Um, so thank you for that. And um, Pashless, I think you are next. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you, Emma. Hello, Alpha. Hello, Rizadan. Nice to, to see you here. Rizadan, as well, I mean, you're gorgeous, man. As well, because I'm a person that loves uh, direct people people who tell you their opinion as it is and not try to present something else and i i love this to people uh, that's why i love also alpha and sunny and a lot of people inside here like christoph uh, i love this kind of people i just wanted i just wanted to to share a small a very very small story which i experienced before about 15 years we were somewhere in in summer and uh, I was with my wife and uh, I always, when I am somewhere that I'm for the first time, I try to, to find some street artists or somebody who does have a small places so where they paint or they, they sell their photographs or something like this and try to support them. And there was a guy, we went inside his, uh, his place and so he didn't have any prices. There was a tourist there and just asked, 
um, how much does it cost? And he just said, okay, how much would you give? And this stayed in my mind until now. Like, if I see, as a, there's a point where I see, like making an offer about a, about a piece that you want to buy. I mean, when I when I see a piece and I want to get it, and the artist has already its price set it. I don't know. It's difficult to come to the situation to say, would you sell it for uh, a little bit less or something like this? Because as I don't know, I feel like disrespect about the artist as that already set his value, his price about his piece. He believes in that piece. He believes in that price that he set it. And I find it a little bit as it's my opinion. That's why I wanted to ask you how you see it as a, a little bit disrespectful to say, please give me for something as a, for a little less or, or something like this. As a, this is the one question I wanted to ask. Uh, well, uh, it is disrespectful, but it depends of the, who is asking. For example, uh, I did it just one time. Uh, because I didn't have the money enough to collect that art. And I I, I said to her, I said, uh, my friend, I have right now in my MetaMask uh, 0.14, but your work is 0.2. And I, I really want that work. Uh, if you can make an, uh, right now make an, a discount, and after that I will send to you the the money or can you uh delist for me but after just like two minutes later i felt incredibly bad because i think if somebody asking me the same thing i i will become a feel bad and i said no 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 i'm, I'm, I'm taking my back I'm, I'm taking my words back uh I, I will collect if it will be stays in there after i get the ethereum in my metamask but still, uh, depends of who is asking, depends of the what moral the asking of this question. Because some, maybe someone incredibly like your art, the following, falling in love with your art, and he or she doesn't have enough money to collect. So, what do you want to do? Would you like to give it it? Or... Would you like to make more money? That's the main main thing. That that's you shouldn't miss the point. If you don't have a money and if you wanna want that piece, I'm not talking about the half percent or the twenty percent, thirty percent. I'm asking the little discounts, but it, it it depends of the moral in the asking that question. In my personal opinion. I'm super um, glad you asked that question because um, I was really curious to hear the uh, hear the answer. And um, as a collector, I don't really make um, offers on one of one art because I feel like a um, artist, they've probably thought a long time about what they're pricing their art at. And um, I may not buy it because of the price, 
but I don't ever um, really make offers on art and say, I think it's worth this or that. Um, I think that's an artist's decision and I respect their decision. And so I, I feel like it's a matter of basically respect. Um, so I don't Now in the gin art world and in that world, I make offers all the time and I buy a ton of stuff that way. Um, cause I think it's a totally different, completely different scenario, but, um, I'm really appreciate you asking that question because I was really intrigued to hear, um, what Riza Jean's answer was going to be. Yeah, but the, I'm, I'm still saying the same thing. I, I just ask one time and I feel incredibly bad. But, and also I will be appreciated if someone asking me in the right moral of the collecting my art. You know, uh, if he or she doesn't have a money and enough money to collect that art. And if he or she really wants it, I'm totally okay with that. Because that means... That person really may see some value and want to be part of his life or her life. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that question. The, the, the collectors can ask me, but in the right moral. But if I feel a bit fraudy, you know what I mean? You know, it's a, I just try to make more Ethereum. No, no, no. I'm I'm not okay with that, but I'm okay with that the right right moral. Yeah, and I think that I mean to me that goes to it's how I look at a lot of things in life. It's like decisions that are made, good or bad decisions, um, you know, is judged by the outcome. It's what the motivation was behind the decision, um, what somebody was trying to accomplish. And I think you're saying the same thing. Like what's the motivation? Why is somebody doing this? And what you're talking about is definitely you know that that person is um, asking you out of a passion and love for what you're doing and maybe they literally can't afford to buy it um, but the only way they could do that and the only way you would know that is if they were communicating with you and um, you can't that doesn't translate via an offer on you know open or some other platform that's like direct relation that's a that's part of a relationship and really being able to communicate and talk back and forth so i love it i love that answer riz john very much and uh, Zatan, as i just wanted to say i i made a mistake by the formulation as of, of the question because it's exactly like you said it as I wanted to exclude actually people that connected to you or people that connected to to, to, to the artist or people that where you have the connection already or friends where you know as he cannot afford it but he loves my job he loves my work as this is another thing so I just meant from those who just uh, come up only with this question directly, like uh, buying it a little bit cheaper to, to sell it a little bit more or something like this. This is as well, I just wanted to exclude them. I think I missed it, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I just wanted to say I, I wanted to exclude uh, the, the friends or the people where you realize they are connected to the work and they want to buy it, but they cannot afford it. Then it's it's OK. It's absolutely, absolutely OK. And maybe you can you can just give it as a present. 
as well, I just meant the other people who just try to to make something out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit pissed off about that. And also I had a a bit conversation in the in the early NFT career of mine. Uh, I put my some of my work and my one of the collectors, I don't want to na give name and uh, writing to me it's too much i don't want to buy it i really want it but but i can buy a car with that money it's too much and i said go the fuck to buy a car you know why you are writing me right now <laughs> you know what i mean it's that, that <laughs> that's unacceptable <laughs> this is unacceptable. Who the fuck are you that told to me the what should I do? <laughs> Dude, absolutely. You're, you're yourself that's the best. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have them go back and make a sound bit out of that. Um Riza John, I love it. <laughs> So thank you very much for the space as well, to to speak as well, nice to see you again all guys and I wish I could I could drink something also but I'm in the hospital working but, <laughs> but tomorrow maybe have a great night it's so valuable to hear all the information here I just drop to the listeners so that I give place to other people Thanks so much and glad to have you with us Oh sorry go ahead Alpha Hey, I, I did want to ask a question real quick, um, Rizajan, because it's something I get asked all the time by um, artists, and it's a really interesting, um, I think it's an interesting thing, and there's a lot of debate about it, but how do you feel about additions of work, and have you done additions, and then do you have plans to do additions, and when do you think artists should do additions? Uh, well, uh, it depends of the price for me. If additions uh, try to make more money from it, you know, for example, uh, you are selling your pieces like 3 Ethereum or 2 Ethereum, 5 Ethereum. Okay, we, we consider it as a 5. And if you're making an addition and after that, with those editions, if you will be sold out, if you will be earning like 30 Ethereum, 40 Ethereum, in my opinion, that will be just uh, money making. But if you compare with your one of one prices and uh, try to give your works to most more people who cannot collect or who cannot uh, enough money to collect of your one of one art. I'm totally okay with that. Uh, that's a really thin line in me. And I made an op uh, additions in the Nifty Gateway. Uh, I, we made a drop. And uh, the, the, they asked me how much should the one edition. And as I, I say to them, okay, just uh, look at my one of ones and it shouldn't be past my top price. It shouldn't be. Because that will be a bad thing in my ethical way. 
Um, the more I talk to you, the more I like you and the more I respect you. Um, you know, that's an incredible answer and, uh, an incredible answer from somebody that's actually selling their work for, um, you know, a, a lot of money. And, um, I feel very strongly, um, very similar to what you just said. And I think that collections or editions have definitely a place, but, um, they can easily turn into what can look like, you know, a cash grab type situation, which I think is really bad for the entire um, art community and for the NFT space um, when that happens, because um, it's one of the things I think that helps separate, you know, in addition to the fact that you're actually talking about real quality art, but it really separates the generative art space from the wood of one space. And we have, people that are migrating over. So I hate to see things that kind of are commonplace in the gen art space translate into the one-on-one space. And so what you just said was, I think a pretty beautiful answer about really how to, um, how to do a collection or I keep saying a collection, an addition in a way that really makes a lot of sense. And um, again, it goes back to showing, the motivation, um, the moral, the reason behind what you're doing. And, um, that's beautiful. So what would you say to an artist that maybe their average sale in a one-to-one piece is 0.2 or 0.3 ETH? Um, do you think that they should be spending time looking at doing additions? Well, everything has a time. So I think, no one need to be rushed for the making additions. Uh, right now, it's a point two, point one, really easily collect an affordable collect prices. So, in my opinion, you don't need a addition. But of course, everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has a different way, and I cannot judge them. But if I see something like that, I say, dude, chill the fuck down. You don't need to be rushed. Just uh, make a collection or one of ones uh, or, you know, the making your brand because everybody has a brand right now. Every every uh, artist has a brand. So just make your brand. Take your time. We are still so early in here. I'm, I'm not so believing that. We are just 400,000 people. It's really nothing. Really nothing if you compare with the world. And just chill, think long term, and you can make a lot of different uh, opportunities. You will be have, a lot of, uh, have a lot of different opportunities. Of course, everybody can sell uh, the additions. Uh, and also, um, that, that that's the thin line for me. You, need, you, you shouldn't be past to your uh, top price or maybe 10% or 20% of the top, top price. Uh, you can you can pass, but not like, you know, like six times, seven times or 10 times more. That will be like a cash grab. In my opinion, of course, I'm again same things. You, you cannot, you, you shouldn't be, you should be, you shouldn't be uh, same thing, thinking same like me. Uh, but if you are selling with the small prices, yeah, just wait. But if you want to be 
share your art with everybody, of course you can make an addition and I'm, I'm respected. And so, um, serious question, are you willing to give me full commercial rights to the saying, chill the fuck down? Because um, I can really see that working great on a t-shirt. And I think I can sell a bunch of them. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I love it. And it's saving. It's recording right now. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> So I think that that feedback was awesome. And um, I think I've absolutely loved listening to your answers, John, because it's such a refreshing and authentic, like you think things through and you are so authentic to yourself and not worried about hearing what, you know, telling what you think should be said. So definitely mad props. And I appreciate that so much. And I think your I think this last question prompted a few comments. Um, so I think you, Javal, I think you had your hand up first. Did you have a comment? Yeah, um, speaking about the editions, I have a, a different view. Um, again, that's my personal view uh, from my perspective. Um, uh, I I do have a, a successful collection before, uh, which is about birds. But uh, when it come to comes to edition, um, the main reason I uh, created one edition is because it is a, a completely different. It is an innovative project where I wanted to take this um, viewpoint, what I'm thinking about to multiple people with with very low cost. And also I even airdropped uh, around 20 of my editions to my friends so that uh, uh, I, because I, I just wanted to share with everyone. So that, that's, that's the main motto, uh, not for the selling. But yeah, my viewpoint on editions is that um, irrespective of work irrespective of your price point i feel that there is a lot of support or community support needed in order to create a successful edition without that even if it is an innovative project or any um, you know interesting work or very much quality work if you drop with a very low price it will still remain the same so this 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 point i just wanted to um, mention yeah, it's the uh, same thing. I'm thinking the same, actually. We are almost uh, meeting with the same point. It's completely about the moral things, uh, motivational thing. Uh, but everybody has a different way. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, for example, Alpha asked me what you want to advise, and I'm always saying to him, this is my path. You don't need to be a strict my path, or I, I I don't need to strict another's path. Everybody need to create their own path. I'm just uh, giving my uh, opinion in here. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just wanted to put my viewpoint. That's all. I mean, because uh, if if I explain my concept to anyone, it will be uh, entirely different, and uh, with the price point. It will be more of more or less, you know, people want to collect. But again, when it comes to the editions, it's it's completely dependent on the community and the model, uh, like you said, Iskand. Thank you for your. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to throw something in there because Rishi John, you said something. You said this several times today. You know, it's your path, 
and everyone, you know, everyone's going to choose their path and every path can't be the same. Um, which I think is, it's incredible. Um, I mean, it's something that everyone just has to think about and realize and understand, but you learn from people by looking at their paths and some paths are more successful than other paths. And, um, it's great whenever you can look at somebody's path and you start breaking down, Hey, this person's been really successful. And what are some of the things that they've done that's like contributed towards that success? And, um, I think that's really important for everyone to remember. You've got to choose your own path and there may be your own motivation for doing things and, um, you know, break those boundaries, do whatever you want as far as that. But you also have to be willing and um, completely capable and understand that you're going to reap the benefits or the um, whatever the opposite of benefits is from those decisions and the path you take. Um, There's going to be consequences to whatever decisions you make and however you choose to take that path. And you've just got to be prepared to take that. And um, it's one of the things that I respect so much about Rizichon and his, he'll go out and he'll break those boundaries. He'll innovate. He'll do things that everyone's going to tell him won't work. Um, and then he proves them wrong. Um, but I'm pretty confident that he's fully capable of and willing to accept those consequences for what he does regardless of what those consequences are. And I think that's what everyone has to be willing to do. And it's just, it's great when you can talk to somebody like him that's been so successful and um, you can start kind of understanding, you know, that success, it's not by accident. And when you talk to him for a few minutes, it just becomes crystal clear. And I think that anyone that's listened in on this space, um, you understand that the success that Rizajan has had, it's not accidental. Um, there's a reason. And um, it becomes really clear when you start listening to him talk. And um, I appreciate so much the opportunity that we've had to be able to do that. So thank you, Rizajan, for, for sharing with us so openly because it's I think it's so much it's so valuable. Uh, what what should I do except the sharing things? We are groaning with together. Why should I kept everything I did or I uh, think or I will going to do? We are in the same path. We are in the same things. We are believing the same thing. We will grow together with every nation in the world. Amen. All right, and so thank you for that. And Masood, I know you raised your hand and Zach did as well. I don't know if you guys both had comments about the additions. Yeah, actually, I, I also uh, released an addition, so maybe I, uh, I can also share my experience about it uh, a little bit. I mean, uh, uh, I had friends asking me to, I mean, uh, they want, they were saying me, I, I want to own a piece from you, but it is, um, it is. Uh, uh, I cannot afford it, and so uh, I wanted to uh, make it possible for for my friends and supporters. And uh, I, I went. I uh, went a little bit uh, metho methodological for that. Uh, uh, I wanted the community to decide one of which piece 
that I should uh, mint as an addition. And uh, I respect that decision. Uh, one of my strongest uh, pieces that I can I could easily mint as a one of one. Uh, I uh, was uh, was the winner of that uh, uh, voting process, and uh, I minted that as an addition. And it was uh, for a very affordable price. It was uh, like uh, 0 0.03. Uh, those prices that were we were uh, paying uh, as gas fees in in December. Uh, so I wanted uh, it to be uh, as cheap as possible. And I, I minted only 50 editions and I want to also make um, a raffle for the first 30 people to to gift one of my one of ones. And what I see that uh, it gets uh, a good interest. And also, uh, I had some some uh, collectors who collected an edition. Uh, one of the, uh, two, for two of them, it was their first NFT, and for the one of them, it was for their first photography NFT. So uh, I also uh, enjoyed that a lot because it was it was uh, good good to make that happen. <laughs> Uh, so uh, overall, I think it was it was a good experience. Uh, I, I was able to uh, sell uh, 24 editions, and when I reach 30, uh, I will make a raffle. And after that, I want to also uh, gift the the remaining ones to to my collectors and uh, the people that who supported me during the uh, during the uh, time that uh, I started and also during the time that uh, I, I I am in the space so my experience was like that but I also see that some people are doing it uh, differently uh, so I wanted to share my experience about it Thank you for your feedback, Masoot. And um, I think I think it was definitely um, has been shown that each person can do has different approaches with additions, and um, you know can show support for for different different opportunities there. So thank you for sharing your feedback on that one and small, your um, information behind why you chose to do your addition. One small comment that I want to add is uh, when you uh, release an addition, you are actually limiting your uh, collector base. I mean, the big big collectors will not collect from that. So you should know that uh, they will not they will not be interested on that. So what you are going to do is uh, maybe you you are changing your. Uh, I mean, you are uh, targeting a different kind of uh, collectors. I mean, the, the, mostly the artists and your friends and uh, people that that you uh, that will want to have a piece from you because uh, it is affordable and they, 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 they are sharing the same piece with, with others. So uh, this will be important in the future if uh, that person uh, is going to be a, a, a good artist, a better one in the future, a known artist, then it will be important that they have a piece from them because uh, they, they will not be able to afford it in the future. So for that reason, you are also limiting your audience, the collector base that you are trying to uh, achieve. Uh, if uh, I, I also need to uh, emphasize this to, to, to the artists that want to uh, try it, because 
Uh, it is not like that. I I release an edition. I the collectors will also collect. Uh, it will not happen. Collectors, uh, the big collectors at least, will not collect from the editions most probably. So, this is another point that I wanted to add. Rizajan, of course, you can go. Uh, yeah, the, the the collectors want uh, like the editions. Most of the collectors, some of them really hate the editions. They say, "I really just want the one of one, and it should be mine." And both ways, totally okay. Uh, both ways can understandable. Uh, no worries. But I'm always thinking the same thing in my last experience. Uh, the alpha asked me if the the person selling like the the point one point two. What do you think about the editions? And I I just want to say, uh, when I started the NFTs, I uh, I sold my first piece, and after that I sold my second piece, and in the first piece I should do cash out because I didn't have any money. So sorry guys. Uh, I lowered the Ethereum uh, a bit. Uh, <laughs> but and after sell my second piece, I directly start to collect, try to collect, find the uh, another artist for the point fifteen. Even me, uh, I sold like I, I earned like the point eight Ethereum and I tried to collect point fifteen. Uh, I think everybody can collect point one or point fifteen or point two, and I think in that in that way the, you are given much more value to your art and the, to your collectors, because as I mentioned the, the 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 secondary market and the value of the artist that's a collaboration with the artist and the collector and the community. And yeah, I just want to little bit mention about my past duties. Yeah, I I appreciate that very much. And um, I would just throw out there because I'm probably one of the collectors that I'm not really that fond of additions, and definitely not until um an artist. I understand an artist releasing an edition when the um you know, the price of their art becomes unattainable for the average collector Then I, I completely understand at that point, um, you know, releasing an addition to be able to make it affordable for um, other collectors to be able to get it. Um, but I would just throw a couple, um, this is just advice. I would just throw it out there, take it or leave it for whatever it's worth, but do not put your, additions in the same collection as your one of one pieces because your additions are always going to have a much lower price than your one of one pieces and i've seen several artists destroy their collection floor which then translates into um really hurting their secondary sales on the entire collection by putting a um, addition in with their one of ones and your addition price then becomes your floor price. And um, yeah, I've seen them destroy their collections with that. And so I would highly recommend that you do not do that. 
And then I also would recommend, and this is just strictly from a business perspective, um, because you want to protect the value of your work and what you're doing. Um, if I was an artist and I was looking at putting out an edition, um, I would hold back some of the money from the sales of that to be able to buy the floor um, and protect it. Because what I've also seen is some artists put out additions and they sell pieces and then, you know, people start selling them and they'll take the floor out on that collection. Um, and all of a sudden you've got something that started out at 0.1 or 0.08. Now you've got a 0.02 floor. Um, it's not good for you as an artist. Um, having those really small values attached to your artwork it's just not good optics i don't think from a collector's perspective i just i would highly caution against that and so if you do put out a collection save some of the mint money back in order to be able to buy the floor on that collection if you need to uh i just want to mention something about it i'm a bit uh i'm a bit feel bad actually that just the price we're talking about and i really feeling bad when the p when the artist putting their work as a one-of-one works like 0 0.02 0 0.03 0 0.05 or you know what i mean so really low prices and i'm and i'm thinking to myself do you you don't you have any respect to your word yeah, don't you have any respect to your work? You put your all your efforts, you put your all your vision, you put your all your background, future, everything, and you try to sell just for the sell. I don't know. That felt me. It's a bit bad about it, and I'm and I'm thinking the same thing. If the artist not respected their works how can i respect that word as a person as an artist or as an a part-time collector yeah 100 percent agree with that um sometimes because of sometimes the way because of the way the art is actually treated um by the artist i as a collector um begin to look at it as the artist may feel more like it's a commodity than um, artwork. And um, it brings up lots of questions for me. And so I think it's just important as an artist to keep that very much in mind. Um, you've got to, you know, I think you have to be very realistic on how you price your artwork, but you definitely can do things that would make that um, seem like you're not valuing it. And um, you don't, I mean, you don't want to have those super low prices um, attached to your work. I don't think, I mean, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for you as an artist. And um, if you put too much of it out there at a really low, low price in additions or one way that that gets done, um, it's just going to follow you. It's going to be hard to get past that later um, in my opinion and um, take it or leave it. But I think you can, you, everything you should have a plan for everything you should have a strategy and you really got to think that part of it through because you go out and you do it and it's going to be there. It's done. 
um, you're not going to be able to undo it. And you just got to be really careful and think it through. Um, one thing I w- did come to me when Masut was talking about his additions and how he did that. And he let the community decide, you know, which piece was going to be an addition. It made me think about, it would be interesting to let, you know, it'd be interesting, I think, for an artist to potentially offer a, a piece of art, especially if it wasn't part of an existing collection, if it was a true standoff, one of one, and ask the community, hey, who would who would like to go in and buy this? And if we get, um, you know, 10 or more people, then we're going to make it an addition. And it's priced at 1.5 ETH right now. So if 10 people come in, we'll price the addition at 0.15 and I'll remint it as a, as a, as an addition. I mean, that would be pretty interesting. And I think if you did that, you were saying, well, I'm just doing it to really make people that, you know, make it available to people that really want it, they can't afford it or whatever. I mean, it'd be kind of an interesting way to do it. And it would be pretty genuine and real. Um, and you'd really have a good indication of what you were going to be able to sell because you'd have that pre-commitment for it. And so you might come up with a divided into 13 pieces or 18 pieces or whatever. And I think that could be something that could be, I don't know, really beneficial. And it'd be kind of neat to see that happen. And maybe somebody's done it already, but I have not seen that done. Yeah, it's the mindset. Mindset is really important, in my opinion, in the uh, in the additions. If the mindset is right, everything is good to go. <clears throat> but it's your mindset is not right. Oh, fuck yourself. Agreed. And I'm gonna another T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm going into the T-shirt business after the space. <laughs> So good. So good. I think this has been a hot topic um, for sure. And so it's great to get some different ideas and some different feedback and also kind of drill down and talk about the motivation because that's so important um, is always kind of for an artist to share their motivation, but also to understand the motivation of those around them. So really, really great stuff. I know, Zach, I think you had a comment on this as well. I did. Uh, Meta Girl, thanks for having me up. Alpha Trilogy and uh, Rizicon, thanks for a, an incredible space. I was actually listening to your last collector space with TK and Sonny and Unknown Collector and Alpha and then finally trying to get caught up and then I see this on. So I will uh, save that for another day. But uh, yeah, thank you again. And I want to chime in about additions because it's something I'm passionate about. I'm curious about. I want to think that I'm actually one of the larger collectors of editions just because I don't think many people are doing it. And, you know, Rizikon, I heard you speaking about, um, you know, having that price be similar to a one of one piece. But I think that you're looking out for the collector, which is obviously commendable. And I think, like you're saying, you know, speaking about intentions and uh, I think that's relevant. Um, I was just going to say in the marketplace, you know, if I think of, you know, a couple of pieces like Drift Come Alive or Trillion Star Hotel by Kath Simmered, it doesn't act like that. You know, the cumulative value of those community pieces is much higher. And, you know, I think also, you know, I think of some of those pieces, I think what are going to be the most recognizable pieces, you know, and I understand the floor probably didn't start there. Um, You know, what are going to be some of the most recognizable pieces in the future? And I do think, you know, as we all talk and we all know what's so important here, it is, community so i do think that there is 
extra value in community. And if you think of, you know, let's say in stocks, think about when Tesla shares split, think about when Apple shares split, they become more accessible. And because they become more accessible, they become more valuable. Also, additions are one of the most, it's one of the few, let's say of a sold out artist, the it's one of the most liquid things in the photo market. And I think that that's important to understand and realize is like this is one of the few places if you have a 100, 200 person edition where it's actually liquid. And so I think there's a there's a lot there. And um, yeah, a lot to unpack. Metagirl Alpha Trilogy, I, I loved when you swept the floor of the Misan edition. I saw that. I saw it drop down to point one. It was, you know, I didn't act on it, but I was thinking, man, that's, uh, you know, you, you have such strong holders in some of these editions, you know, where people have the utmost respect for these artists. So I loved seeing what you both did there and, you know, drove that up. And Alpha, I love what you're talking about, you know, having artists be able to, you know, buy their own floor, I think is a, a brilliant move. But in any case, this is a topic I put a lot of thought into and I'm interested in, yeah, just what you guys had to say. So great space. Thanks for sharing. Uh just for the, for example, Drift and the Cat Smarts editions. Uh, Drifts, I think the floor is like a seven, seventy Ethereum or something like that. As the cat is almost forty or fifty Ethereum, and I collect, by the way, the Drift uh, editions because I collect because of the right mindset. Uh, because uh, the Drift make the, those editions as the first day in out. You know, the, the, the topic is so important. And uh, if the most important work of the Drift, full history, that will be the that edition work. Because the, the first day of the outside of the prison. So this is so important. And he can put whatever he wants. I'm totally okay with that. And also Katz marks uh because the cat smart is a brilliant brilliant landscape photographer which is i hate landscape uh i don't like a landscape but i'm still appreciate the cat's works i really love her works but the she has a brand you know she cannot put really really low the the minting price or the buying price for the editions she or the uh, cat or the drift should uh, keep the value of their uh, the 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 brand marketing prices. So I'm okay with those. But if you're coming, I'm talking about the other things. The cash grab, cat or the drift proves the hold and ethereal. They will gonna stay here. Because they build a huge community. They build a, a lot of different things. They build incredible, they made incredible jobs. They are not making a cash grab. They are still buying from the NFT world. They are still collecting from the people. For example, Drift, uh, he's helping a lot of the Afro-American people for who's building from the, you know, the, the police or etc. Or he is hiring some lawyers. That Then the mindset is so important in here. 
if you aren't doing nothing for this community if you did nothing for this community and if you don't doesn't have any brand and if you try to sell like your uh, top price like a 10 times or 15 times higher you are the fucking cash grabber but if you prove yourself if you show your mindset to the people i'm totally okay with that of, of course and that that makes sense it's like the people i'd be collecting with would be people who i believe in who are contributing to the community and like like alpha saying i would be hesitant to collect from something that you know somebody has a ton of outstanding work and you know they're putting out that edition you know that's you know that's a a tough sell but you know people who are very thoughtful about you know the relationship they have with their collectors what they have out and they're providing a unique opportunity for the community for the people to be a part of their journey i think that's going to have special value in the future in my opinion um and yeah. like yeah yeah i'm totally agree uh, i agree with that and also uh, the for example, uh, collecting the drifts as the first day in outside is uh, being a part of his success. That that is really different, really different mindset for me. It's more than an artwork. It's more than an NFT. It's completely different place for me. That makes sense. And uh, sorry, go Alpha, go ahead. I was just gonna throw something in there with that because. It's a little bit different. Like what he just did with that collection, he did an open edition and put a time time frame on it, and it was going to be a hundred percent based off demand. And um, that's an interesting way to do an edition. Um, it's completely different than somebody. I mean, Drift is in his own. I mean, there's there's artists that are completely different as far as what they can they can pull off in this space, I think. Um, but even so what he did there, he didn't start, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to do an addition of 10,000 pieces or 12,000 pieces or whatever. And he certainly didn't say, okay, I'm going to do 15,000 pieces and then sell 10,000 of them. And now we have 5,000 of them sitting, you know, waiting to be sold. Um, so you got to have some serious respect for the way he went about doing that. Um, I think if you are a, an artist though, and you have pieces that you sell on one of one pieces and they're on the marketplace for 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 ETH. And then you're trying to do an addition and you're putting out additions at 0 0.05 or whatever. I don't know. I just don't understand how that is going to work for you and how it's going to help propel your career forward. Um, that makes me nervous for you as an artist. And I, I wouldn't be buying those additions and I also, I hate seeing additions where they've minted, you know, a hundred pieces or 30 pieces or whatever it is. And they're only 30% sold out. Um, that means that you've got an artist that's going to have to spend a lot of their time promoting something that's 0 0.03 or 0 0.05 or whatever that number is. I just don't think it's, I don't think it works the best for an artist in that situation. But obviously every artist just has to make their own call on that. Um, they just need to be aware of what, you know, what they're going to be facing with it. And um, if that's what they want to do, I say more power to them, but it's definitely something that you shouldn't do just off the, off the cuff. It should be part of a, I think part of a strategy or plan. 
so that you are prepared for what the consequences of it might be. I appreciate everybody's response. And just for what it's worth with the drift piece that I was referring to, and I collected this one too, but was the come alive edition. That one say out of 200, you know, that one like today may have been, it might've been a one and a half ETH floor, but I think typically around like two, two ETH, maybe two and a half. So if you look cumulatively once again of that, you know, whether it's 300, 400 ETH, you know, same with the calf pieces at one. So it's like 200 ETH, uh, you know, in total, it is worth, I just think those being the models, it is worth more than, you know, a one of one to my understanding. I, I just, I, I think that the cats, uh, the additions, the, the primers, they are like uh, 70 or 80 Ethereum and the cats already sold one of one piece for the 100 Ethereum. So it's fully compatible. And also... We, we we shouldn't talk about the drift drift story is completely different thing you know if you collect in drift it's you are not just collecting the art piece also you are be part of the incredible story that's that is completely different thing in my side of course and i appreciate you saying that i think that at the end of the day why i think this is so fascinating is because you are the community is so strong and that's why i think there's such value in the community piece because you know you hear all of everybody's talking about the emotion you know when you buy a piece and when you collect and i think there's so much collective emotion and energy tied up in these community pieces so i think that's the reason why ultimately i am also so excited about it as an option you know just and we're able to buy into something and maybe you know it's like all the individual photographers and artists who might not be able to afford these one of one of these, you know, artists that they respect. It's like, this is the one way where they can gain access and be part of, you know, this community. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm curious though. Um, so like when you're buying additions, are you buying additions that are um, being put out by artists that have one of one pieces that are priced at say, 0.1 or 0.2 ETH? Are you buying their additions? Uh, I would say typically no. You know, I think this started out and it's it's uh, no. I would say that's that's not typical. And if if for example they had a uh, no, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Like I'll give some you know smaller names like you know Justin Sneed put out a you know the person that introduced me to the space 0 0.04 ETH was the floor that's now sold out. And, uh, you know, let's say he's got something on super rare for an ETH or two. And I, I have the utmost confidence, you know, that that was a, you know, a good purchase. Or, you know, let's say Nihilus is somebody in the space who I think is doing some pretty interesting things. He has a he has a point one, you know, ETH floor, but he's releasing stuff. He's, you know, I think he's selling. He's releasing it and he has a point zero two five ETH floor on his edition. And I have the utmost confidence that ultimately that will sell out i appreciate you know how he's doing things and i think with most people yes yeah, it makes more sense sure from a to come in towards the end of the edition to be safe but i think also it's fair to try to drive sales of people who you appreciate and do put out that edition for the community and you know if you respect what they're doing so um i think that i'm evolving in how i'm collecting and investing in additions yeah totally makes sense um and it sounds like as a collector, you have a strategy behind, literally a strategy behind what you're doing and how you're collecting. So it makes a lot of sense. 
Thank you for that, Zach. And um, Hindu, did you have a comment about this topic as well? And then yeah, we, I know we've got two others with hands up, so we do have two other speakers that we'll get to too. Yeah, I, I do have a quick question. I mean, uh, I'm not talking about the chief case of thing. I mean, uh, just for my curiosity, I mean, if someone does addition from collector point of view, how many addition is reasonable? I mean, it's not like uh, cash grabbing. I think no one can answer that. It's totally up to you. Totally up to you. If you want, give it a 10,000. If you want 10 or 20, just totally up to you. I 100% agree with that. I would just add a caveat saying um, if I was doing it, I would think about how many reasonably and realistically I'm going to be able to sell to my existing community so um based off of where you're at right now and who your community is who your collectors are what do you reasonably think that you can sell and i think that's an answer that only you can actually give um if you mint a bunch more than that you're just creating a whole bunch of extra work for yourself um which i think is probably counterproductive but yeah it's just how many can you sell my question is actually, uh, when the addition is too many, will this make it look like an open addition? I think no one can answer it. So never say, you cannot say a week. I, for example, for me, I cannot say too, too much. It's totally up to artist's perspective, artist's opinion. And if I don't like it, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> if I like it, I'm going to buy it. So it's totally up to you. You. Well said. Because <laughs> it is something that um, you can, there's definitely different examples you can look at. And we've, I think we've covered quite a few of the different options. And uh, Rizajan, I appreciate you sharing your feedback on this particular subject to such an extent because then also supporting others that make different decisions. So um, thank you for all the questions and information about this topic. Um, Kefel, I know you've been up on stage for a little while and patiently waiting with your hands up. Did you have a question for us? Uh, I do have to speak about three points and I do have a question also in the end and it's Ramzan time so I have half an hour of eating window and cooking window left so I'll speak a bit quickly if that's okay uh, but if Grace has a point to add to the already the conversation that was happening so he can go first because my point is not related to additions. Uh, Grace did you add something to add re regarding the additions or do you have something to say? No I just want to add something other. Uh, is it okay if I go first? Yes, of course. Okay, so I'll introduce myself. First of all, Assalamu Alaikum to everybody. Uh, I want to introduce myself. I just have three points here. And I actually came up requested for the mic to speak because it's not every day that you get a chance where you'll speak out your thoughts and there'll be collectors listening because collectors do actually have much more influence in the community than the artists do. Artists can write their opinions day and night on Twitter but it's actually the collectors that whose voices are heard in real, at least for the beginner artists. 
so my first point is actually was related to what pascal has said about the pricing and it was a very interesting conversation and uh, riza khan i hope i'm pro- pronouncing your name right the riza khan said that uh, you know when you make an offer below the price a so i do have a very simple thought about it i guess you guys can agree with it or disagree that's totally okay is like when you when your collection is new so that time you are pricing your work but once you make one sale so the the price at which that sale has been made that's the value of your work then so and if the if the second piece is the part of the same collection i believe like one should not sell it before below the price that we, at which it has been valued the price at which the previous sale was because i guess it's very it's not fair for the collector as well to collect the same piece from the collection at a higher price and the second collector gets the same piece from a collection from a lower price if the pieces are completely different if it's like a one of one style and the pieces are completely different then okay the pricing can vary in my opinion my second point was Uh, there was between there was a conversation about agreements and disagreements i i would like to share my point about that i've seen like collectors write a lot of opinions and i always see people agreeing in the thread not always but most of the time and then some other collector writes something absolutely different and those same people go there and start writing you absolutely right so it's okay to disagree it's okay to disagree a lot of times there was a post uh, which i guess uh, i don't know if sunny is listening he said something about uh, will you be pricing in terms of eth whether the eth is going up or low and i don't know what his opinion was it was just a question but i do write it i do write whatever my opinion is i don't care about offending the collector but i know that people do hesitate to write their own opinion because if they feel that they have offended the collector then the fellow artists will also not agree with them because they will feel like it will become an association and the collectors will be offended by this association or a union that has been created so many people do hesitate i just want to say like i don't think so you should just speak your heart out whatever is right we can agree to disagree we are all adults here we are all mature people here and the third point that i want to say is the actually we always hear what the collectors from the collectors point of view you know about shilling about <coughs> shilling and about dms and everything i just want to say something from behalf of all the artists out here especially the ones who are new not new artists but new to twitter because you may be one month old two months old on twitter but in real life you have experiences you have faced things so you see like there's a big there's a huge disparity between the number of collectors and the number of artists so the artists there's a huge pool of artists over here and very few collectors so at the end of the day is the artists who have to reach out to the collectors but since in that pool there are scammers there are people who want to dump their art there are people who just want to make quick buck and go so they have actually spoiled the most basic ways of connecting with each other things like dms comments and simple things from which which were the most basic things in social media you can connect with a person so now because of that an artist who is who generally wants to dm a collector want to know their opinion connect with them they also get lost in that pool so i also believe that twitter is a place which is i guess now it's not really efficient in connecting it used to be a place which was very efficient in connecting it's definitely not a place efficient for showcasing your work because you write a tweet and somebody new to twitter they'll write a tweet if 10 minutes you don't get engagement that tweet is lost that tweet goes down and it's lost 
and with engagement also just because everybody is tweeting the same way same way same way and i don't think so it catches you i i do one thing it may sound very strange but when i have to get somebody's attention whatever they have written even if i agree with them i'll disagree in the comments even if i agree with them that's 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 a strange thing i do because you have to do something different to get some eye and shilling posts about shilling posts i guess shilling posts should be more genre specific because i saw a post one time and it was a genre specific i don't make the work in that genre but i knew somebody who did so i recommended i was like you should check him out he does that kind of work but when it's a general kind of a shilling post just shill your nfts a lot of nfts and everybody wants their nft to be displayed their nfts to be seen so i guess if it's more genre specific so i guess that makes it more better that makes the whole space more better and i have forgotten the question and now it all sounds like a rant it's not it's not a rant and i've forgotten the question because i'm really sleepy and i have to eat also but i did wanted to say these things because if the collectors on the panel if you agree with this it would be a huge help if you say it out loud i've seen many collectors after your last piece happening you have been the unknown collector alpha trilogy everybody you have been curating threads and those threads have actually been helpful because it cleared a lot of misconceptions so whatever i say here if you agree with it do say it to public just to be original be authentic be okay is genuine and just give them a benefit of doubt because desperation does gets you and it's not the desperation of sales only is the desperation of being heard is the desperation of wanting to explain yourself is the desperation of not being misinterpreted i've seen many people who don't talk in spaces not because they are not able to talk but they want to create a first impression and they feel like if they are not able to create a good first impression then they lose that chance then their efforts will be to fix the mistake that they did it's okay to make mistakes but not everybody is so comfortable in that space so i guess from a, it's my it's my humble request just give a benefit of doubt to some new artists who make mistakes i guess it's better to understand them more and if you guys agree with this then good enough please speak about it please speak about it because your words your influences means a lot in the community and that being said i i forgot my question <laughs> i still really wanted to ask that but that being said you all have a good day if you have anything to say about this any disagreements also i'm 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 all for it i'm all for criticism also i'm all for disagreements so yeah uh, over to you guys uh well i just want to uh, make a little shout out uh normally i'm not doing too much but i'm totally okay with the, and actually i'm i will be so much respect to if someone says openly disagree with the, some opinions and i would like to make a shout out about the omar in here we are i think i'm following omar like a couple of months and a lot of months almost from the beginning we are following each other and by the way we are not close friends or we are not talking too much but i'm following omar uh, for a long time and i respect him a lot because if something not fits to him and he can say it truly and uh, in the most crystal clear way 
And, and because of that, I think, in my opinion, Omar is so successful in the NFT spaces. And yeah, of course, he has a really, really nice works. It's incredibly nice, uh, the dance photos or etc. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the art. Uh, I'm not I'm talking about the, the character right now. And I just want to make a little shout out, and and I think it's the time. Sorry, Omar. Uh, I I felt like I shield you, shield you in here, but uh, I felt like I should say something about you because people should know uh, the other people what they are doing, and I'm so fucking respect to you about you if you say if something wrong to you you are mentioning it wrong or right doesn't matter that's totally your opinion but uh, saying loudly it's a respectful thing thanks a lot Britain, uh Rizek. and, and uh, yeah i really appreciate that man because um at the end of the day you know we are you know we are selling our art but our art is nothing if if you know it doesn't come from from somewhere genuine uh, from you as an artist as a person and you know as an artist we need to have opinions and and we should be okay and we should be uh, confident in our opinions um and that is part of what people are also collecting you know it's like <laughs> i keep seeing you know post today about about utility and i keep saying you know the the biggest utility you can give to your collectors is you as an artist right and as an artist, you have to be genuine. And if you have, you know, something that you don't like, you know, you should be okay with saying it because that's part of who you are. Um, not for the sake of just just agree, um, uh, for the sake of creating an argument, but just because, you know, that's who you are. And that's, that's what you stand for. And I think at the end of the day, that's who collectors respect and just people respect in general you know people respect people that have um convictions nobody gets in the way of someone with a plan and with a mission and you know and and that's who you have to be so to to the point of um uh Kafel, that you were saying uh, before it's that you know like Stop trying to agree with everything people say or, or do in the space because that just shows that you have no spine. That just shows that you you have no no personality. Um, be okay with being who you are, and if some people don't like it, you know, in Spanish we have a saying: um, "No todo el mundo un billete de veinte." It's like not everyone is a dollar, like a hundred dollar bills, right? Like that that everyone's gonna like you. Uh, so. Yeah, know your place and 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 stand by it. Yeah, and thank you again, Rizakan. Yeah, you know, thank you too. It's, I did nothing. I just uh, say the some facts, <laughs> uh, and thank to you. And I, I'm totally agree with you because if the if we are as an artist, if we are not sharing our opinions, um, who the fuck are we? Because we are try to create a message from our past from our culture from our future from our vision from our everything and you know we cannot be the same page always and i cannot be the same page with my best friends if if i cannot be on the same page with my best friends how can i be the same page with the 
people who, who I didn't know much at all just from the some couple of teens. It's it's impossible. And the, the artists should uh, say the truth always. And artists should uh, say their opinion always. If someone cannot stand it, can they can go fuck off. Because we are creating. The, the, the collectors are creating. If the, the collector doesn't like the artist, and the, they can fuck off. And then we can fuck off. Everybody can fuck off. <laughs> so because of that, if we will start to say the truth, and in my humble opinion, everything will be much, much more better. Because, yeah, we love the toxic positivism. Yeah, we love it. Everybody's love it. But sometimes somebody should be a bad cop. And then as a real artist, we should the, the take that role. I was I was going to add a couple of things to that. Um, one of which was, um, damn, I forgot part of it. But one of the things that I was going to add is that, you know, we should have conviction to the point and this has happened to me in this space. It's a little bit unrelated, but related nonetheless. Uh, where, you know, I remember I posted one picture once to, to Twitter. Um, it was just a picture that I liked for my work, but nothing that I, you know, felt spectacularly about. Um, and a collector reached out to me and asked me to, to mint it. And I said, no. <laughs> and he was like, wait, what? It's like, no, I'm not going to mint it. I don't, you know, this is not a picture that I'm planning to mint. And and you know, thank you for uh, like I appreciate the the, the offer, but the, this is my work, and and I'm not just gonna sell it just because you want it, right? Um, and and, and that that's the level of conviction that that we need to have is that we need to to be who we are at at that point. Um, and I forgot the the other part that I was going to add uh, about something you were saying, but um. Uh, oh yes, I remember too. Even even amongst ourselves as artists, we have to be okay with also disagreeing and not even liking other artists' work, but still being able to respect them and support them. And there's many people that have told this too in this space. It's like, yeah, I don't know what you're doing right now, but I'm still gonna support it because I'm not I'm not who to stand in the way of you, you know, making a living. Uh, so I'm not going to go out and say like, oh, this person doesn't deserve, um, you know, their work being sold or, or bought um, because I don't like it. You know, and maybe I'm even right. Maybe that person is not doing something that that, that it should be. That, that's OK. But I can still support that person, obviously, unless they're doing something that they're just being, you know, huge assholes. Um, but I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, if I can throw something in on that, because that whole conversation about really being able to disagree and be able to have integrity, so to have, you know, a viewpoint and an opinion, and then be able to have integrity, so that is the way you feel, and you're not, like, jumping around and trying to please everybody um, and being, you know, ungenuine. I think that was something that Riz, or Rizajan has made extremely clear today. It's one of the paths of being successful is being able to just be genuine. And part of being genuine is to, you know, have integrity. Um, with that, it's interesting because for myself, I respect someone 
that has an opinion and that can articulate that opinion, but most importantly, can articulate the reason for their opinion. And so sometimes people, I think, have opinions for the sake of being argumentative. Um, and I don't necessarily respect that, but I respect anyone that has an opinion and then has a reason for it and that they can talk about that. And I think that that, that being able to do that is how really important change happens um, in a space and in the world in general is just being able to go out and articulate that, respect each other's opinions and make things better. And um, for us, grow the space, um, make it a better place than what we already have and make it something that we would all be proud of in the future. So I appreciate um, all of those comments because I think it really drives that home um, for me. Completely agree. And thank you guys for your comments. Um, Omar, did you have something that you came up to share? I know you um, had requested coming up on stage before this uh, topic came up. A while back, but I forgot. <laughs> But I'm just happy to be up here also because I haven't had uh, the chance to have a conversation with you directly, uh, Metagirl. So uh, a little bit with, with Alpha Trilogy, but not with you yet. So I'm happy to, to have this conversation as well. Thank you very much. Yes, it's nice to meet um, almost in person, huh? <laughs> so thank you for coming up. Um, Kefel, did you have another comment about this conversation? And then, uh, uh, Grace, no, no, I know. I, no, no, I actually wanted to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity to speak. I appreciate your patience, everybody. I'll actually go now because I only have 10 minutes to eat. So it was lovely hearing you all, and all of you have a great day. Lots of love. Bye bye. Thank you, and thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful evening. And Grace, I know you've been patiently waiting, and so would you like to take the floor? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, this space is really uh, great and love the conversation. Um, I'm Grace from Indonesia. Um, as a new world for me, maybe uh, just three months, uh, I learn every day and uh, the mistakes, I think, uh, yeah, it could be... Uh, make me improve in the next day uh include the price when we started i remember when we started october uh, we collect together to minting on the open sea we have one collective uh account and we put the price is so low uh maybe 0 0.02 uh, yeah it's and uh, last uh, last day, uh, maybe yesterday, someone uh, someone uh, critics me. Why it's so low price? And I uh, and I answer, yeah, it's uh, because we just knew uh, on October we uh, maybe for us it's uh, yeah it's enough for us. But when we start and when we going through uh, the NS NFT world, yeah, it's kind of cheap and we improve again when we grow, we grow. But I have a question. Uh, I saw the, the the journey of my friends. We have uh, maybe 20 uh, photographer collective. Um, maybe 
it's only 10% that have a uh, sales uh, because maybe they active they maybe join the space uh, etc uh, but this week maybe couple weeks uh, i just uh, think a lot uh, about them because i want uh, we grow up together we want to uh, yeah success to, together because uh, i can join here uh, to this uh, nft world because of them too um but how to uh, bring our friends because uh, maybe one the uh, one of uh, difficult is language barrier um, and maybe i think uh, we have a on community uh, the language barrier is one of uh, uh, yeah some difficult for some uh, uh, region and then the second uh, I just want to ask about uh, I don't know uh, this week's it's uh, all talks about utilities so how about that and then uh, I have three questions, but I forgot the three. I think that's all for this. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say one thing about the language barrier. Uh, I never get a lesson about the English. My grammar is really, really shitty. Uh, my English is so bad. But... <laughs> But I try to learn the words and I try to learn the, how to create a communication. And it's I'm always saying the totally up to person's uh, effort. And everybody can learn English or French or Spanish or any other language. Just, just the time. And if, if, for example, if you want to be in the NFT world... Uh, Everybody should learn a bit English, at least at the point, because the right now in the world common language is English. Uh, if I start the Turkish, start to speak Turkish, probably uh, the the maybe fifteen or twenty people will gonna understand. But uh, but English, uh, almost ninety ninety five percent the the listeners will understand. So. Uh, for me, is the as a, as an artist, the, the the learning another language is really important. For example, in in Vietnam, I learned a couple of Vietnamese words. I lived in Vietnam like three years. Uh, I tried to communicate with them. It's incredibly hard language, by the way. Uh, but I I try to learn. So I try to learn some Russian language, Russian words, because I traveled to. Russia or Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, because the, the most of people knows Russian. So the language barrier, uh, you can pass with the right time and the right effort. I, I think. Yeah, just it. <laughs> because my English, my grammar is really, really shitty. <laughs> I would not agree with that. <laughs> you do a great job. Um, and Omar, did you have a comment to that? Yes. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm from Puerto Rico, um, and one of the things that I that I've done since I got to the NFT space was try to help, you know, my community um, of Latino, uh, you know, of Spanish speaking um, artists 
because there was like hardly back in March when I arrived, there was hardly any any um, Spanish uh, resources. Uh, so you know, my my best advice to you, Grace, would be because I I one hundred percent I understand the struggle of many people that uh, you know just can't you know like collector sales you know we need to hear the story and then it's like yeah but if you can't understand my language yeah that's very hard so the best i can do or the best advice that i can give you is to one start tapping into your own community and creating trade spaces into your own community um of your you know of your of your um um country uh, or people that speak the same language um there's a lot of power in numbers and there's always going to be people within the community that maybe uh are better at you know are, are reaching out in english and whatnot um and 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 it, that i discovered that by tapping into that community one it strengthens you as an artist because now you don't feel so lonely you feel that there's other people uh that are also in the same situation uh but you also feel you know connected to to to, to other artists um and and also you're always going to find someone that is going to be willing to help you out uh within that space um and you would be surprised uh, there's many collectors from from different countries um in, in the space that some of them are just you know uh, um dogs oh, no wait on dogs is that the word that they're hiding right they are they are uh, they're hiding behind you know a pfp and a name but they are from different cultures um possibly at some point you know you're going to be able to so actually you know host spaces in in your language write tweets in your language about your work uh because you never know who's listening right um and might be maybe um a collector that is uh from your from your community will see that tweet and be like ha huh, this is someone that i can stand behind and support because i identify with that person uh so that so be bold in who you are you know if you are remind me you are from indonesia right so be bold uh, from from where you are and 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 represent your culture the best you can because there's always going to be people that are going to identify with that um and uh and rely on your, on your community so those would be my advices if i if i may That was awesome advice, Omar. Um, thank you for sharing that. And also, and I love the part about being bold. And because even if we're not maybe from your culture, that doesn't mean that we don't want to learn about your culture and we can't, and that we won't become passionate about that. So that's, I know for me, that's one of the things I ha I enjoy about the space tremendously is the opportunity to get to learn about other places and even virtually travel to those places and, and hearing that story. So um, I think the balance between both, you know, I, and I, unfortunately, um, I know that the that language can be a barrier and I have the I have personally have the utmost respect for those who are willing to go ahead and come and be so involved when they're not as confident with English um, because it is my first language and so I can only I can only imagine how intimidating it would be so mad props for those that are so willing to come and participate and and share their message because it is important and we, we want to hear from you so never think that, that that should hold you back and always try come in and you know make yourself known so wonderful advice for sure. And I think your second part of your question, oh, Rizzi can, or Rizzi John, of course you can go. Uh, by the way, I need to make a, a shout out and respect the Turkish community because uh, they are creating uh, spaces and they are trying to translate for who not cannot speak English. And the, the, the community is the of 
uh, language can help you as different ways. So every language barrier can pass. Very true. And there's also people in the community that can also help, you know, that's one of those things that to support the community is helping others with it, be their descriptions or even speaking in spaces and ways in which you can build that community. You don't always, uh, there's so many ways of supporting the community with that you don't have to have ETH to contribute. You don't have to have other skills. There's so many other ways that you can contribute to building up the community and being able to help with language, I believe is something so powerful to help people share their message. And um, I'll give, a, I agree with you, Rizajan. There's the Turkish community is so strong um, in the space and also so supportive of one another. And especially on the English side, we have uh, several people in our community that um, volunteer to interpret all the time, which is so helpful because it really gives people that courage and that and that strength to be able to get their message out so um and this you know it is a very relevant topic for sure and i think the other question was related to utility do you guys have any comment on uti um, utility with um for artists go ahead Rosa john well uh, the artist should be the utility art should be the utility yes that's it but it's totally up to artist again if artist wants to give utility, it's totally up to him or her. But the art, the value, the the, the brand, the, the the artist should be the utility. Very well said. I completely agree. <laughs> and this story. I yeah, me too. I just want to say, <laughs> thousand percent agree with that. Um, I think you're, if you're a one of one artist, your art is the utility. I mean, yeah. And I think sometimes people get really caught up trying to figure out what type of utility they need to add. Um, you know, you're not doing a gen art project. Um, your art, that's what people are buying your art and you, um, that connection with you. And so I think, um, you don't really need to get caught up on utility. Um, it's not going to make any difference for myself. If I'm buying, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for or looking at utility when I'm buying one of one art for sure. Yeah, I think falling in love with the story and respecting the person and really um, appreciating them as for what they're creating and who they are is really, that is the utility. That's the important part for sure. Um, so thank you guys very much. I think we will, I think Grace is going to be our last speaker today and we'll go ahead and work on wrapping this up. I was going to open it up and see if, Rizajan, do you have anything that you would like to say um, as for closing? Uh, well, it was a really, really nice space. And thank you so much for the inviting and the creating this space. And sorry, guys, I didn't drink any beers. I drink just whiskey. Uh, but, <laughs> but still, uh, really, really, it was fun. And thank you so much for the questions. And thank you so much for the uh, opportunity to... Tell him myself, tell him my opinions, tell him my vision or etc. And thank you so much, Meta Girl, and thanks so much, Alpha, and thank you so much, all the speakers, and especially to listeners, because the listeners listened like hours and hours without doing nothing or the engaging the 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 talking. 
and the, most of the credit should go to listeners. And thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, and I just want to, I want to say, thank you so much, um, Riza John, for for taking this time and for talking, um, for being so genuine, um, for being candid. Um, I have enjoyed the space so much, and I have learned um, a tremendous amount um, from it. And so, as I've said over and over and over, I have mad respect for you. Um, I was in a space, you know, a couple months ago, and it was really interesting because a big question was, is there a space for documentary um, photography in Web3? And it's just like, well, hell, of course there is. And look at what Rizashan has done. And look at what you've done. Um, it's like you're one of the most successful people in this space. You're doing documentary photography. There's like it's amazing and you're pushing the boundaries and you're actually like you're pushing boundaries and you're innovating um for all genres um and so that's incredible and so i think you're doing so much for photography and for um for documentary photography in this space it's amazing so mad respect to you and i wanted to just recap a couple things that i wrote down that i learned today um just talking and listening to you that I think is so important for everyone to remember. So one of the first things you said was that you listen. So in order to be able to tell a story, to be a visual storyteller, you have to listen and you listen a lot. And man, that's just so poignant. Like it's so powerful that you realize that. And um, that has contributed no doubt to your, um, mastery at being able to to tell those stories. So um, I think it just has to be said again. Um, it was so I was so impressed with it. I wrote it down like eight times. Um, then you talked about pushing boundaries and how you know when somebody tells you you can't do something, that's a motivation for you. And I love that because we're in a space where they're really. I mean, the boundaries that are here we've made them um, and we can make them go away. So don't be afraid. Um, don't think that there's a box that you have to stay in. And um, you've proven that time after time after time by, you know, doing these innovative things and, and pushing the limits. So again, mad respect for that. And then really you talked about, I think, you know, a lot of what you talked about really boiled down to just having integrity and um, when you would answer all these various questions, it was literally just, it was about integrity. It's about being real, be genuine, um, and be authentic. And then when you're making a decision, um, you talked about motivation. And, like, whether that decision's right or wrong, it's just, like, it could be either one, if depending on what your motivation is. And I literally loved that because... It's so true and so important. And I think it's so important to remember. Um, yeah, when you're trying to make a decision, when you're you're coming up with a plan, what's the motivation? And um, is it are you being genuine and do you have that integrity? And I think that those things were so incredibly valuable um, 
I appreciate it so much. So again, thank you, man. Um, I had so much fun. I can't wait to uh, sit in a bar somewhere and have drinks and just talk because um, I have so much fun. I have so much fun talking to you. Um, so thank you. And, and all the listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I um, hope you all enjoyed it and I hope you learned. And um, uh, for that, I guess for us, it's a good night and I really appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you guys very much. Uh, Rizajan, I know you and Alpha have talked more than um, I've gotten to connect with you, but this was an absolute joy. So thank you for all the input. Absolutely enjoyed it. Thank you for our speakers and those of you that listened. I think it's a testament to um, how enjoyable this conversation was that everybody's hung with us for hours. So thank you so much and hope everybody has a great day, evening, night. Alpha, go ahead. Uh, I just have to say one last thing because she's going to close the space. One last thing everyone should remember. This came from Riz John himself. Chill the fuck down. <laughs> so just if you get too worked up, just remember, chill the fuck down. It's going to be okay. I love it. I realize that will become. <laughs> I'm going to put that on my wall in my office. <laughs> I love thank it. You, thank you so much, guys. I, I'm Right now, I'm chilling the fuck down. <laughs> Thank you so much, and that was a hell of a space. And oh man, that really nice. Thank you so much for the inviting. Uh, I so enjoyed. I I really over enjoyed. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Some of my favorite comments of any space have been during this conversation. So thank you so much. Absolutely loved it and enjoyed it. So and we'll have to do it again. So thank you guys so much. Hope you guys have a great night. And on that, we'll go ahead and close. Three, two, one. Thank you, guys.